Welcome to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Today is the turn of the previews podcast as we're going to look at all the titles due for release this coming May. Previews, previews, previews. Of course, we're going to kick off with Marvel. Can Marvel continue with the level of quality they've shown in the last few months? How many War of the Realms tie-ins are there going to be? And how many do you need? We're going to chat a little bit about uh, tie-ins in general to big events. Uh, try and guide you through that. One of the reasons being that at the moment with War of the Realms and also an amazing Spider-Man event called Hunted, is there anything left Marvel-wise to read outside of those two things? Maybe there is a title involving Punisher, Conan, Wolverine and Venom. Uh, then there's important questions to ask about DC. You know, Can they recover from their recent slump? Will they ever release another Black Label title? Or even just Batman Damn 3 at this point? And finally, Indy. Is it possible for us to recommend Die Again? I think it will be. Uh, what small hidden gems will Roddy find? And what, <laughs> and what hardcover collection is finally due for release? Uh, so that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Uh, we have our usual squad here. As I say, Mr. Marvel. Keith, right here. As always. And joined, of course, by Mr. Indy. Roddy. Excellent. So... How you guys been since our last uh, sojourn into the world yeah, of comics? Pretty good. It's been a been a few weeks. Nice to see you all again. Yes, quite. Roddy's just about awake at this point. He might struggle through this podcast. <laughs> we had quite a heavy dinner before this, so uh, could be interesting. Uh, Vicky put on an absolutely fantastic spread. spread. Yeah, 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 a fantastic yeah. spread. Yeah. Uh, so, but we've a lot oh. to get through today. So we're we're going to jump straight into it. Um, uh, it has been brought to my attention, you know, I'll not point out by who, but uh, we always start with DC when it comes to the previous <laughs> podcast. That's a guilty laugh if I heard one. <laughs> I'm throwing the blame around and everything, I tell you. Um, so we're going to kick off with Marvel. So we're, we're, we're pretty happy, I think, with the format we came up with before, yeah, go yeah. through one book at a time, yeah. have a flick through, spotlight a few different issues. Uh, most of the Marvel recommendations this month came from Keith, so... I think it's only only fair he kicked us off. Okay, sweet. So, uh, cracking up in the uh, the Marvel book. Uh, Marvel is mostly full of two things uh, in May, which is uh, when this uh, these previews are for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are War of the Realms by Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman coming off the back of uh, Aaron's now. Uh, what eighty eighty yeah, issue run on Thor yeah. and his current run on uh, Avengers, um, so that's what we've got on the on the cover, and then the other event uh, being uh, Nick Spencer's Spider Man Hunted, uh, yeah, mini series Hunted. So I think that's going to be the guts of the guts of everything today. But we're kicking off with uh, with with a new title uh, uh, by Jerry Duggan, uh, well known for. Uh, actually currently being on Savage Sword of Conan mm-hmm. uh, fittingly and Mike Diodato Jr uh, who's a long time uh, Marvel guy uh, done a lot of stuff Hulk, Electra, Thor Amazing Spider-Man Avengers New Avengers Dark Avengers uh, so always a big Bendis collaborator uh, Thanos Infinity Wars and Old Man Logan more recently but this will be uh, as was announced on various media uh, last week uh, Diodato's last book for Marvel. Uh, he's moving on to uh, more creator-owned stuff uh, after mm-hmm. a long, long time at Marvel. Uh, very heartfelt posts on his uh, socials this week saying that you know he grew up 
you know, reading these characters. His father was a, an artist as well in Brazil, I believe. Uh, he grew up uh, reading these characters and it's been a childhood dream to draw them, you know, and he's been doing so for, I think, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Now it's, now it's time for him to, he feels, move on to, to something a bit more, uh, uh, yeah, sort of creator-owned. Um, but it's interesting. So the, the cover of Savage Avengers number one, again by Jerry Duggan and uh, Mike Dudato, it looks beautiful. Uh, covers by David Finch. Uh, we've got on there Venom, uh, Doctor Voodoo, Conan, The Punisher, Elektra, and Wolverine. And it seems the gist of this story is that uh, I guess uh, Avengers No Road Home, the current uh, weekly miniseries, all years, isn't yeah, it? that's going on with and Jim Zub and a number mm-hmm. of other uh, writers. Uh, it seems in the next week or two that miniseries is going to bring Conan crashing into Marvel Universe uh, from his Sumerian times or vice versa I don't know if it's Scarlet Witch crashing into his times but either way they're bringing Conan and the Marvel Universe the main Marvel Universe together Uh, and I think this sort of spins out of that possibly Um, but the crux of it as far as I can discern is that uh, Sumerian magicians in Conan's time and uh, magicians of the Hand, the uh, the deadly ninja organization, so uh, so antagonistic with Daredevil and his chums, yeah. um, they're swapping spells across across the ages and technology. I think the Hand are looking for uh, you know ancient magic, and uh, the Sumerian sorcerers are looking for guns and stuff <laughs> you know so ancient uh, sorceries yeah not it's not enough yeah Need so, that handgun. so i mean obviously that being the case uh you know the obvious solution is loads of violence uh <laughs> so that seems to be what this uh the interior art from this issue holds um you know i think we're going to see wolverine button up against uh, conan uh you know I, I don't know what to expect from this at all but Jerry Duggan's a, a proven creator, and if this is uh, Diodato's last work in Marvel, I certainly want to be, be, going be part of it. Is, yeah, it so. is it a miniseries? No. It, it's, so it's an ongoing? It seems to be an ongoing. Um, you would imagine if it's Diodato Jr.'s last, he'll maybe do like the first six issues. He'd probably he do, has, the first he six, yeah. do the first arc, yeah. I would say. That's it. That's what I would, um, I would say. Um, I'm curious. Is it, is it anything to do with War of the Realms? No, there's no crossover into War of the Realms. Uh, it, I well, it's the only reason I ask is <laughs> there, there is a War of the Realms. The, the first few yeah, pages, yeah, there's no, um, there's no notice, but there seems to be a banner there beside yeah, some varying covers. You know, but Venom's taking part in War of the Realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punisher is, Wolverine is. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. There is a there is a War of the Realms sideline, but there may be that all the just way through the be, book. Yeah, yeah, just leading into. Not sure. Uh, so yeah, looks uh, looks interesting. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to this. The roughest and most dangerous characters uh, in the Marvel universe make the most savage, most unlikable team of Avengers. So uh, let's let's see how this goes. Could be interesting. Yeah. Um, so turning the page, we're straight into War of the Realms number three. Uh, I guess it's a six issue miniseries by Aaron and uh, Dotterman, as we mentioned. Which obviously, with this being the previews podcast, this is for May, so the event hasn't. Started no, just yet. and of course, a few weeks it, away. It being a previous podcast, what's going to be, you know, yeah, uh, we're we're looking ahead. Uh, so I guess War of the Realms at this stage will be almost halfway through. Yeah. Um. It looks. Uh. It looks an awful lot like. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing Earth. 
captured by Malekith and split up amongst the various Teln realms. Uh, There's ten realms. There are ten realms. There are ten realms. <laughs> uh, could you name any of them? <laughs> None at all. <laughs> Jotunheim. Yeah, okay. Ah. Good, good. Jotunheim. And who lives in Jotunheim? <laughs> Frost Giant. Yes! There we go. <laughs> One for Alan. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see the, <clears> the, uh, the, the realms, the ten realms, occupy the earth with the earth broken up yeah. amongst those various realms. And our heroes... <clears> uh, I guess uh, fighting a war on various fronts in order to try and, and reclaim that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to War of the Realms. So, um, I'm yeah, not like, gonna I'm not gonna three and four are released this month and we've got a great uh, a great reclaim the re- reclaim the realms checklist here with uh, in April one two three four five six seven eight nine ten looks like about twenty titles on it. Yeah. So that's you know if you're gonna go title to title to title, that's a big investment. Yeah, there's been a few people asking in the store, you know, with and it's something we wanted to chat about quickly. When it comes to these large events, you know, how essential are these tie-ins? I mean, I always use my own personal example as when I read Secret Empire, I just read the main title, ten issues, folded perfectly, loved it, thought it was awesome, but I never felt the need to read any of the tie-ins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, even after the fact. Um, so with War of the Realms, as you say, I mean twenty issues alone in, in May, you're probably talking fifteen to twenty. And I'd say was, this is going to run over three months. This is going <clears> to be you're talking fifty-five, yeah. sixty issues. I mean that's that's a massive, massive commitment. Yeah. And we were chatting a little bit about it just before you know we started recording that uh, you know it could be the most amazing event of all time, and every single one could be essential. But that is a big investment. Well, I mean, I, I've been hurt before. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all have. Uh, you know, you you see these things, uh, and I I mean, I guess the the course. I think I think the big two have got better uh, in recent years mm-hmm. at thinking of tie-ins. You know whether those be one shots or tie-in miniseries as added value rather than yeah uh, essential essential components because. <clears throat> I mean, there was there was it was a fairly big backlash in the nineties and the early two thousands over that sort of thing. You know, these things were suddenly critical for the understanding of the story. Yeah. So you'd be buying the main issue, but you wouldn't be getting the main series, but you wouldn't be getting the full story, and that that just felt like a rip off. So, so usually these things are sort of added value or sort of added flavor or whatever else. So, I mean, certainly for me, I'll be buying the core the core story. But I mean, I guess if we stick to I guess some of the rules that we've laid down, yeah. you know, that you've talked about, about following creators, that can be a really good way of figuring out what it is you want to read. Or mm-hmm. if it's following characters that you're really interested in. Or if if, if if the story just looked... But in general, I think these... Yeah, I don't think... I think you can probably get the main story from yeah. from the core book. But if we go through, <coughs> if we go through the rest of these, uh, there's a few that I'm interested in, for example. Uh, there's... There's a three a set of three one shots called War of the Realm Strike Force, and the crux of Strike Force uh, seems to be that uh, the the good guys the heroes divide themselves into specially chosen squads for missions behind enemy lines, and there's two in here that are really stand out to me because a of the story and b of the creators. So we've got War of the Realm Strike Force, the Dark Elf Realm number one. Again, this is a one shot by Brian Hill, Lionel Francis Hugh. Brian Hill has been around for a fair wee while. 
you may know him from Secret Invasion. Uh, Lionel Francis Yu has been around for a fair wee while as well. Uh, no, he was, sorry, he, Lionel Francis Yu was Secret Invasion. Brown Hill's been all over the place as well. Francis Yu's been... might get to him later as yeah, well. Yeah, you might do. DC book. Um, but uh, this Strike Force is made up of uh, Punisher, uh, She-Hulk, uh, Ghost Rider Blade and Lady Freya. And they seem to be the Punisher leading the charge into the swamp realms of Svartalheim. Who lives in, who lives in Svartalheim? Elves. What kind of elves? Dark elves. Ah, one for <clears throat> Roddy. I'm going to give that to Roddy. Oh, come on. I got the dark part. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the fact that it's called the dark. Uh, <laughs> that was my detective work there. I see. So, <laughs> uh, in, the whole, in, the, in the realms of, uh, of New Svartalheim and uh, the swamps, uh, stands the Black Bifrost, which is what uh, Malachus troops have been using to since the the Asgardian Bifrost is mm-hmm. down, the Rainbow Bridge is down. Uh, they they have their own Bifrost in order mm-hmm. to uh, you know to to get their troops where they need to go. So, I guess part of defeating uh, Malekith will be this mission to destroy the Black Bifrost. You know what I mean? And I guess this is taken from any war where a war is battles fought in multiple places on yeah. multiple fronts missions undertaken by black ops squads to do this and do that so you can see how this folds into the overall war um so again that's brian hill in front of you uh the second one is uh war of the Realm strike force war avengers not quite as interested in that one uh but again if you're following creators you're following heroes there's there's deadpool's in there so i'm not interested hulk Marine's in there i'm not interested but they're captain britain and winter soldier you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, not. But the one, the other one that's standing out to me is War of the Realm Strike Force: The Land of the Giants by Tom Taylor, from one of our favourites. Who we know and love yeah. at the moment. Friendly Neighbourhood Spider Man and uh, Jorge Molina, uh, who you know is a, an artist we've we've seen about variously. Uh, Spider Geddon most recently, um, and this seems to be a team of uh, Spider Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, Wolverine. Did I say Wolverine? I think uh, you did. did I? Yeah. Uh, led by Captain Someone America, <laughs> and Captain America seems to be wielding uh, Thor's axe, Yarnborn, uh, and their mission seems to be to enter Jotunheim, land of the Frost Giants, uh, wherever it is on Earth, and uh, <coughs> to rescue Thor himself, who is uh, out of play. He's off the board. I mean, if you're fighting. Malekith and, uh, and and dark elves and various things. You'd obviously want Thor to be front and center, so that's he's clearly mm. been taken out of the been taken out of play. Uh, so there's a couple of one shots that I'm interested in: War of the Realms, Spider Man and the League of Realms. It's a three issue miniseries. Not that familiar with the creators. Uh, it's not really grabbing me. I'll probably not pick that up. Uh, War of the Realms, War Scrolls, a three issue series. Looks like a companion piece to War of the Realms. Whenever something's a direct companion piece. That sometimes just puts me off. Yeah. So they're compa- They're not even like in the main series. A tie-in within, like, say, issue twenty of Spider-Man. Not, yeah, it's, but, but well, it's like other individual. Other, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are also tie-ins. The tie-ins. To, so these are series that are published alongside. So War of the okay. Realms Punisher yeah. is a three-issue series by Jerry Duggan. Um, just interesting there with the one you were just chatting about, Jason Schools. Aaron. Has some uh, influence on that. Devin. I would and say, Andreas Sorrentino, yeah. that would have my attention. So I think what you'll find is, 
with War Scrolls, uh, Daredevil seems to be adopting the role of Heimdall, uh, Guardian of the Guardian of the Bifrost. Heimdall can see all things, so mm-hmm. I would say Daredevil currently can see all things. So he'll probably be looking across, you know, the realms of the battle. But Daredevil can't and, see anything. Well, they, well, clearly that's the obvious choice for him to be the god who sees all things. Then, you know, uh, so you'll be seeing different bits and pieces of that. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. It'll probably be bookended by Jason Aaron. Yeah. And then you know, so not not grabbing me. I'll probably not worry about War of the Realms Punisher. Uh, Punisher seems to be leading a horde of criminals and hospital patients through the Lincoln Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, hordes of monsters and other such things. Uh, new agents of Atlas. Greg Pak, great writer on the Hulk. Uh, the Agents of Atlas is sometimes interesting sometimes not sideline team probably not going to bother with that Journey into Mystery not grabbing me either uh, War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men by Matthew Rosenberg put Matthew Rosenberg and the X-Men together always a good thing Sabretooth in the front cover Sabretooth seems to be back to his bloodthirsty ways uh, he's joined Malekith's forces that could be interesting because mm-hmm. we know what quality Matthew Rosenberg has been yeah. producing on X-Men and the Punisher uh, so then Roddy as you say then we get into the actual tie-ins so we've got a tie-in with Fantastic Four I already get Fantastic Four so I'm yeah. going to grab that anyway uh, Venom Colin Bond I already get that I'm going to grab that anyway Giant Man 1 and 2 of 3 mm, probably not going to grab that uh, As Guardians of the Galaxy I don't get I'm not going to pick up Thor I do get I am going to pick up um, so yeah it's it's, it's kind of how I go through these things and yeah. kind of go yeah. tick tick not you know if it it's interesting like yeah as you look at it like I don't know like if if you're a fan maybe it's I, w- I like almost don't see it from a fan perspective I look at it from like a creator perspective like uh-huh. there's a lot of <laughs> fluff um, well not necessarily it's like a chance to write a story or do some art that you might not necessarily Ooh. get that's probably a good thing but it's like you wonder how essential it is to the main story yeah I don't think essential that's, at all that's your worry you know, and it's like I think I think it, it's maybe better to think well I'm going to enjoy the main story now what else will increase my enjoyment yeah you know what I mean yeah. I think you're going to get the story in the main story it's yeah. what else will increase your enjoyment of that story um, but yeah there's a few there seems to be a few bits and pieces uh, things that seem to fit nicely you know for example Tony Stark Iron Man number 12 uh, Which I have to admit does have a beautiful cover fantastic cover uh, of uh, Iron Man being borne down on by a fire breathing dragon and holding up in the dragon's mouth as he's engulfed by flame fantastic but it's a War of the Realms tie in a war needs weapons Tony Stark once vowed that he'd never build weapons again so why is he hunkered down with Screwbit the Dwarf in Avengers Mountain and what is he making you know and then again Tony Stark would never go against his principles <laughs> silly uh, and then Avengers 19 it's you know a book I get it's also written by Jason Aaron who's the you know he's behind War of the Realms so that's going to be it'll end up being fairly critical I would imagine yeah. you know, th- so those are the sort of things you consider so uh, and the same I guess with Hunted Spider-Man's uh, Spider-Man series that will be coming to a conclusion in issue 21 and uh, in May but Hunted has also had these uh, issues that are uh, numbered with the issue number you know so the issue number will come out but then they have an additional issue that's that's numbered dot HU yeah. for 100 and they did this with Age of Ultron and they did it with uh, all sorts of different 
Uh, they've done it with a few monsters unleashed. Yeah. Uh, AU and MU and HU. So uh, the the HU uh, tie-ins, which are all by Nick Spencer and they're all supposedly essential, are covering the the animalistic villains. So the, I think the first one covers Black Cat. Yeah. This one, number 20.hu, covers Vulture, like 19, I don't know, you know, so, again, I've never found them to be critical, you know what I mean, but yeah. it's written by Nick Spencer, it's probably going to be enjoyable, so if you like Nick Spencer and you like the character, jump on. Uh, so, Haunted, uh, yeah, coming to conclusion in May, we're now, this month, in the road to Haunted. Yeah, issue first? 16 was road to Haunted, yeah. then you got the first .hu this week, which was the Black Cat one, as you stated, and then it kicks off in earnest with the next issue. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Humberto Ramos is doing the art all the way through Hunted, mm-hmm. and then with uh, number 22, which is, of course, the uh, ubiquitous Hunted Aftermath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything has to have an aftermath now. We seem to be back to Ryan Otley. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's similar, I mean, even with War of the Realms there, as you're saying, because Venom is being written by Cullen Bunn during the War of the Realms. Whereas normally it's Dolly Cates. Yeah. So yeah. there there are a few things like that that it's it's worth keeping an eye on. One of the reasons Donny Cates run is so well revered is because he's full control over it. So I'll be curious to see how yeah. obviously yeah. when a, a new writer steps in, how that's handled. Um speaking of beautiful covers, uh-huh. The Alex Ross once again. Captain America eleven. And what what's interesting is the cover for Captain America eleven is using the image that is the front cover of uh, Captain America, uh, I guess it's 8, which was out this month. Mm-hmm. And that that, that picture on the background yeah. is... Uh, so we're continuing the, the Captain of Nothing storyline. Uh, at the minute, Steve is uh, is uh, captured in the Myrmidon uh, under the uh, auspices of uh, Wolfgang von Strucker, one of his old enemies, who uh, was a former leader of Hydra, but uh, has been forgiven by the US government and is mm-hmm. now in charge of a prison. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, great, absolutely great book. Captain America is going going swimmingly. Um, speaking of great books, speaking of great books and Captain America, uh, Chip Zdarsky's uh, Carlos Magno and Butch Geis on Invaders. Uh, which I would argue Zdarsky's writing the two best titles at Marvel at the moment: Invaders and Daredevil. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm liking Daredevil, but it's not just. Topping it out for me yeah, just yet. Love the first two. Um, I have to say, Invaders yeah. has been a, a yep. really great surprise Invaders for me. Invaders is anyway. fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> the, the crux of it has been they're, they're sort of in the 80th year of Marvel, they're exploring the the period of time in which uh, sometimes good guy, sometimes bad guy, yeah. uh, Submariner, uh, where he was post war, between the war and uh, being rediscovered by yeah, the Johnny lost Storm. Years. Yeah, the, yeah, the lost years, and we're suddenly discovering that. The Lost Years uh, involve a, uh, a certain Charles Xavier before he formed the X-Men. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's bookended uh, by the fact that Namor himself seems to be uh, insane, uh, seeing things and being guided by... Having conversations yeah, having with convers- imaginary yeah, people. Yeah, and... exactly. So, uh, great stuff. Really, really good book. And I think it's it's a great celebration of Marvel's 80th year, given that it stars Jim Hammond, the... Yeah, the original Android Human Torch, who we're familiar with from Marvels, and uh, Submariner, who were two of the original uh, timely Marvel characters. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. so yeah, really, really good book that. Uh, we've got Immortal Hulk, uh, 17 and 18 in May. Al Ewing and Joe Bennett with covers by Alex Ross. 
I was worried that it was veering off course a wee bit with the whole uh, Hulk and Hell storyline, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it's enjoyable. It seems to be seems to be coming back round again. So long may that last. Uh, and absolutely fantastic. Are you reading it as well? Yeah, or? yeah. More <clears throat> Hulk. Your thoughts so far? I've loved it the whole way through. I I don't mind the Hulk and Hell stuff. It's a different direction from. The first couple issues, which yeah. were you know set with him on the run, very down to earth. You know, it's you know he's it's set in motels or people chasing him or that kind of thing. But not Hulk and Hell stuff. I, lo- I love Hulk against big monsters as well, where he where he looks overawed or you know. But uh, no, I I'm loving Hulk so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. So am I. I think it's a great book. Um, <clears throat> that's an interesting one. Uh, we we have Star Wars corner obviously with Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, with all the stuff mm-hmm. Kieran Gillen's been writing, and which so we forth, usually skip past quite. Yeah, sharpish. Absolutely, uh, not my not my bag. This is under Star Wars Legends, um, I guess imprint, which is yeah. uh, it's how they Disney have been relabeling it since they've they've taken control again. But Marvel back in the day, uh, back in the eighties, uh, published the original Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. and they published them, I believe, right up through 107 issues so what this Star Wars book is 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 doing what Marvel has done obviously with the legacy numbering and is continuing the story straight on an all new next issue of the original Marvel Star Wars series yes uh, they created a whole lot of new characters and you know added to the the Star Wars canon uh, so this seems to be continuing this on now decades later you know so actually sorry my mistake it's a one shot it's a one shot so it seems to be finishing the story or yeah, so there you are. Interesting. Um, Matthew Rosenberg again there. Matthew as well. Rosenberg, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A range of range of artists. Uh, Spider Man City at War, which is the uh, can the, 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 the adaption of the PS4 video game, is sitting at issue three of six. We're all really enjoying Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man by Tom Taylor. Yeah, yeah we finally wore Roddy <laughs> down on this one. <laughs> Have right. you got that in your pull list? Yeah, oh, well, I, I hope so. Uh-huh. Um, got all three last to this man across the table, but yeah, Alan very kindly got me the first three issues. Uh-huh. Oh my word, what a book! Yeah. What a book! I Isn't read good? read them all in one sitting. Just fantastic. Um, yeah. I loved how the really, uh, just really heartfelt. Too. Oh, it's yeah. great! It's I mean, just we're taught. It's really bringing Spider Man back to without rebooting a character. Yeah, it's yeah. really bringing Spider Man back to his bread and butter. Bracta has, you know, what makes Spider-Man the, the struggle with uh, keeping a secret identity, the living hand to mouth, the... Struggle with where to put things because he's no pockets. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the uh, classic Parker luck, you know, which always, you know... The run-ins with uh, the police and him not being used to actually the police yeah, helping him. Yeah, and Aunt May always struggling with something, you know, whether it's to pay the rent, whether it's with illness, you know, and being afraid to tell her... Her, uh, her, her young timid nephew, you know, because she doesn't want to bother him, doesn't want to to worry him. He's enough on his plate. Yeah, he's got enough on his plate, and she doesn't even know that he's swinging around the city in his underwear. Um, I thought it was really good with uh, what's been really good is with friendly neighborhood Spider Man is that it is so much based in his neighborhood, you know, based in his apartment and around his apartment and bringing in those relationships yeah. that he has. Uh, but I thought even just wee story twists, like in the very first issue, first page. He saved a, a moving truck, a family in a moving truck, you know, oh, yes. moving to the, the new wee, house. The wee girl. And then yeah. it turns out they're his neighbours. Yeah. And then it turns yeah. out the, the wife There's is the cop, the cop yeah. you know, so, and she's kind of like, well, you you saved my family earlier on today. <laughs> Without them, I wouldn't have had my word. So, yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a great book. Really enjoying that. And I say Tom Taylor is in one of those 
Strike Force one shots from earlier on, yeah. so uh, I'll certainly be grabbing that. Um, they seem to be introducing a character called only Earth's newest and mightiest hero, Spider Bite, who seems to be a very small, big headed, long limbed version of Spider Man. Don't <laughs> ask. Wait, what? Okay. Uh, second issue of Symbiote Spider Man, the uh, set during the original Alien costume saga, still one of my favourite Spider Man uh, eras. Mm hmm. Uh, which is when the classic Spider-Man alien we were talking about and, yeah. you know, was set. Venom's not and I think clearly this is where Symbiotes this has come from. Symbiotes yeah. This is where this has come from. The 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 period before Peter learned about you know Symbiotes, the alien costumes, true nature that that he obtained in the Secret Wars, the the Beyonders world, Secret Wars planet, um, Battle World. Um, so yeah, looking to looking to see where this is going. Really interested in this. The the alien costume, the Black Spider-Man, is such a cool look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of cool, oh yes, uh, this we these covers like for life story. I it's the sort of thing you might get to, and then uh, yeah. and then frame all six of them side <laughs> yeah. by side by side. Yeah, there's uh, that man Zdarsky again. Chip Zdarsky, Mark Bagley, fantastic team, I would say. Uh, cover by Zdarsky. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the covers. Done them all, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. The covers have been fantastic, solid color covers with you know elements on them. Yeah. Uh, which has been great so life story spider-man life story number three takes us into the 80s with each each issue obviously uh decayed um he's gone a bit goth here well i guess well that's the black black costume you know so 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 there you are details Uh, of bombs dropping the threat of that it's the 80s and peter's life gets upended with wars and both global and secret of course (laughs) secret wars there we are i love it yeah Uh, and death stalks him at every turn with a family and a world to protect can he save everyone before it's too late? So, cool. Cool. Uh, we've got Miles Morales, Spider-Man, which is, uh, has been going fantastically. I've been really enjoying it. Uh, Spider-Gwen, now known as Ghost Spider. But uh, I've been enjoying uh, the Superior Spider-Man, which is uh, Otto Octavius as, as the Superior Spider-Man. It looks like we've got a guest appearance by Doctor Strange in this one. Uh, Christos Gage still on it, so... Uh, I think I'll, I'll still be picking this up. Um, Meet the Scrolls. We talked about that first issue whenever yeah, it first came out. Yeah, it's just come out this week, so it has. Um, I haven't had a chance to tuck into it. Has it? Has it? I think yeah, we, were, we recommended number one, didn't uh-huh. we? Yeah. yeah. I know you've, we're looking forward you've to got it on yeah. your pull, Roddy. I, yeah. I picked up the Scotty Young cover for it. I must have missed that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was out this week. So, look forward to tucking into that. It's just going to be a wee five issue mini series, okay. be on issue four by May. Yeah. I think um, it looked like a lot of fun. Like, it was quite tongue in cheek yeah. by the signs of it. I would say so, yeah, absolutely. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I've read the first two issues so far. I am not yet convinced. What are you reckon on? I've still only read issue one, and I thought issue one was good. Um, this is going to sound so biased with my DC head on, but. I read it and Justice League Annual back to back and the Guardian story suddenly felt quite small to me in comparison but no, I enjoyed the first issue I'm, I'm going to continue with it you know Donny yeah. Cates is one of those guys you know you put your faith in him yeah I don't know I'm not kind of I'll see uh, I'll see how it goes I'm not... I enjoyed the movies I've enjoyed uh, the, the comics occasionally but again the whole cosmic Marvel thing doesn't really grab me mm. Uh, I prefer the street level stuff or the, yeah. the global level stuff you know the cosmic level stuff doesn't really do it for me uh, which is maybe why so many DC things 
I guess, leave me cold because there's always a, you know, with metal yeah, and there's always a diverse element, yeah, exactly. a cosmic element, as you say. Um, so yeah, I think it's a wee bit impersonal sometimes. Um, and I, and I'm, yeah, Donny Cates is fantastic, but I'm not going to get try not to get caught up in the yeah the, you the don't to, around these things. You yeah, know? we probably should specify that you know when we say follow creators and you know follow creative teams, they no. don't always strike. Yeah, do follow them, but don't follow them seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I would always say pick up a first issue from a creative team you enjoy, but that doesn't necessarily mean stick with it the whole way. You know, if you don't like what it's about, that's fine. I would always give the first issue a chance, but yeah, following it blindly is yeah. Yeah, not advisable. Um, there's Captain Marvel by Kelly Thompson. Uh, I guess at that stage, uh, Captain Marvel movie is out next mm-hmm. week, this week? This Friday. This Friday. It's Friday. out in about three hours. Is it? Okay. So, uh, it so Midnight showings, but uh, it'll be this weekend when we yeah. catch it. All right, so we can, if we can get this finished the next hour, we can... <laughs> <laughs> We are uh, recording on Thursday, the seventh of March. <laughs> should we say? <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, this this will be starting around now-ish, or, or is it two weekly, or whatever? So I guess yeah, folk will be picked up Captain Marvel because of the movie. Just totally skip past Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys the Marvel universe Aye, with a, a beautiful Phoenix-based cover. There's a reason for that. First issue that was a great. Gorgeous was cover. I really enjoyed the first issue of it. It is. I do understand your worry of a character becoming overexposed and becoming suddenly the new cool character and the new Deadpool. Uh-huh. And we all know how you feel about that character. Yeah. But the first yeah. issue was very strong. I kind of, I just, I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I know it's going to have zero impact. There's going to be zero long term. It's just a fun series. Yeah. That's why I look at it. Bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> um, old Mal Quill, the next of the old man uh, uh, releases, uh, I guess. I think it's ended up on Earth, hasn't it? I haven't touched um, that series. It, it must have done. Uh, as Quill can't escape from the Madrox gang, who were part of Old Man Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So I'd say it's ended up on Earth. I was going to ask a stupid question there. Are they all tied together? They are. Uh, Old Man Logan. Uh, Hawkeye appeared in Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. Old Man Hawkeye then, then was a prequel to Old Man Logan. and oh, okay. was Hawkeye's yeah. story as he was going blind. And by the time Old Man Logan comes around, he is fully blind. Mm-hmm. Um, old man Quill I couldn't see how it was linked other than by the author but it seems that uh, after the first issue from what I understand they ended up in the wastelands which is the earth of Old Man Logan mm-hmm. uh, so they ended up there uh, I guess so that's what links it's all the same sort of all the same sort of stuff uh, Thanos story uh, seems to be Gamora origin sort of stuff anybody looking at Ironheart uh, I'd rather look at the other page. Daredevil, Chip Zdarsky, <laughs> five and six. Uh, so Daredevil's been accused of murder. Yeah. Uh, of a, of a ganger. Uh, yeah. Essentially, a guy who bumped his head during a fight or an altercation with Daredevil. He's not quite back up to speed at this point. You know, he's still suffering. Sort of suffering after, uh, well, death, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> that too. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said it previously, I think this Daredevil series is off to such a strong start. It is. It um, is. And uh, it'd be one of our top pulls in store. I mean, I, I certainly got the impression in the first couple of issues that uh, Daredevil thinks he's innocent of this killing, but he actually did it. Might have been accidental, but... Yeah. I, yeah, there was there was definitely a, bit, a little bit of mystery of it in the second issue where he was trying to make it out that he wasn't the one that was okay. there, and that it was so, and that there was another unseen force that sort of pushed that mm. that person over. So 
But it seemed as simple. I mean, it cast my mind back to the Based adverts. The you see, art, yeah. The art, it looked like it was very clearly him. You know, and uh, you see uh, those billboards up around town, you know, of how one punch can kill. You know, yeah. I mean, how you, know, you hit someone, they can hit their head and it can be the end of their lives sort of thing. And that kind of seems that that's what Matt has done here. You know yeah. what I mean? It did seem very cut and dry, but then the second issue, yeah, they sort of introduced elements of doubt to it, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or certainly Matt's doubting it. Yeah. But uh, he's not seeming to turn or up. Or maybe any, he doesn't yeah. want to confront it. He well, doesn't I want to believe that it's true, I suppose. Really interesting story. I'm not reading either Shuri or Black Panther. No. Oscar winning Black Panther. Suicide Squad won an Oscar. That means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing at all. God, I hope James isn't listening. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I will just mention about, you know, the guy winning for playing Freddie Mercury. That'll set him off. Yeah, oh, yeah. What do you call him? Oh, what's his name? Remy Malik. Remy Malik. Um, Bradley Cooper was robbed that's all I'm saying alright and Ethan Hawke was snubbed too shall we say I haven't watched I don't care about the Oscars I haven't watched the Oscars, Oscars news uh, whatever Black Panther's Tanahisi Coates who's writing uh, Cap. Cap as well so it's probably worth a picking up maybe via a trade job not sure uh, a couple of Marvel features uh, I'm kind of drawn to the Alpha Flight number one facsimile edition because I've got a big soft spot for Alpha Flight <laughs> uh, the original Alpha Flight uh, and that's that's John Byrne. Yeah. John Byrne writing, John Byrne art. Can't, can't see it. To me, those characters, as they're drawn by John Byrne, are the way those characters are supposed to look. Whenever John Byrne drew Marvel, you know, that's 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 whenever I got Marvel interested. Marvel standard. That is yeah, Marvel. So to me, that, to me when you look at it, John yeah. Byrne is the Marvel standard. Exactly. That That is Reed Richards and Sue Richards and Thor. That's Cap and Daredevil. And you know what I mean? That's That's how they're supposed to look. Because uh, I think he's he's very Dicko influenced, but it's his own as well. Mm-hmm. I'd say you're you're exactly right there. So yeah, uh, maybe grab that. It's a reprint. Uh, Runaways and Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange with Mark Mark Wade, Barry Kitson. Doctor Strange has been a really really strong series uh, up until up until now. Uh, Doctor Strange's ex wife Clea is back at one of the uh, most horrifying points in his life with Galactus at his back. Um, Rosenberg still has Punisher. Uh, Long may I continue. Absolutely. Same artist as well with Kudransky on there. Uh-huh. Yeah, loving Punisher at the moment. Uh, Punisher's deep in the heart of uh, Bagalia, the, uh, mm-hmm. the country of supervillains. Last issue was the Prison Break, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, is that Greg Smallwood on covers? It certainly is, yeah. yeah. Zemo R. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Yeah, Magnificent Miss Marvel. Yeah, hasn't launched just yet the first issue. I think it's the next week or two. But it's as far as issue three come May. This is the first time that G. Willow Wilson hasn't written it. Yep. Oh, okay. G. Willow Wilson has defected. Really? He's writing Wonder Woman at the moment. Oh, well, sure. I mean, that's that's a good shout. Yeah. Good shout. Um, uh, well, that team, up, the... that team up issue looks interesting. Spider-Man Miss Marvel. I haven't read any of those Marvel team ups yet. Yeah, it could be fun. Could be, yeah. Number it's by two. the same writer as um, Ironheart, isn't it? Yes, it is. Evil you. Yeah. Well, well spotted. No relation to Al. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've got uh, one of my my top picks from ah. uh, is Marvel's annotated. I didn't pick it this week because it's not the first issue or anything. Oh, look but, at the variant cover. 
Oh, very uncovered by Stephanie Hans from what book? From what, what book did the? What is it? Could she what possibly write? Oh, the die is it? Die. I think it is. <laughs> uh, the the. Could we place our orders now for that one? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it might be maybe grabbing both covers for that yeah. one. Uh, so, oh. Yeah, and there's a Virgin variant cover by Alex Ross. Yeah, well. we wondered for a long time what, how the format was going to work for Marvel's yep. annotated, and they just completely nailed it. Yeah, works beautifully. First half the story, second half the annotations, the extra material, sketches, essays, yep. breakdowns, script. It's a real, real lesson on how to produce something like yeah, that. It's and it's the kind of story that deserves that yep, treatment. it really so. does. Yeah, uh, yeah great, uh, great book. So I'm looking forward to having that whole series uh, is that it's a good evening's commitment it to is. read them all it absolutely is yeah number four is the conclusion of the saga of uh, the original saga of Phil Sheldon as he publishes his best selling book on the Marvels um, so yeah good stuff uh, Wolverine Long Night with Adaption that's the podcast isn't it that adaption yep uh, I haven't been looking at X-Men Grand Design but it seems to be covering the Extinction Agenda Major X uh, Rob Liefeld's triumphant return to all things X uh, it's shoulder pad and <laughs> shoulder pads and pouches and uh, terrible looking feet uh, <laughs> I'm really interested to see what's going on here <laughs> yep it's a, a wee blast file under guilty pleasure absolutely and uh, we were talking about Matthew Rosenberg earlier on Punisher and uh he was on the uh, War of the Realms on Canny X-Men because Matthew Rosenberg can't do X-Men and he's on X-Men at the minute, 17 and 18. We still have uh, Wolverine and Cyclops shoulder to shoulder. I love how they've done this soft reboot of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're slowly building it back up uh, from, from the base, you know what I mean? A long time ago, uh, I guess there was a civil war in the X-Men and they were split between Scott Summers and Wolverine and now these are the only two, these are the only two left, uh, one side and the other, so... They're uh, the, the most the most of the mutants are gone. Uh, everybody in the world thinks they're dead. We know better. We know that they're in this strange world of the Age of X Men, but uh, that's neither here nor there when it comes to Rosenberg's run, as uh, as Scott and Wolverine seem to be uh, tracking across America trying to discover the last uh, the last mutants. So uh, yeah, new Black King of the Hellfire Club. There's Mystique. Uh, so yeah really enjoying this book X-Men's sort of starting to get back where it should get Age of X-Men however the uh, the alternative the, the miniseries that spun out of uh, Age of X-Men Alpha yeah. and, you know I'm, I'm honestly not grabbing any of it was that the one that was weekly or I'm was it was one? weekly yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and this Age of X-Men stuff there's at least one issue yeah there was there was a, an yeah. arc of that uncanny book while it was weekly uh that spun out into this. I was very excited about X Man. Yeah. Not yeah. so excited about what happened. Uh, so yeah, they are Dead Man Logan. Uh, another five issues left in it. Wolverine Infinity Watch. Another Jerry Duggan book. Uh, don't know what's going on there on there at all. Wolverine appears to have fiery claws, so it seems to be something to do with the return of Wolverine arc. Uh, X twenty three. Yeah, the all X family stuff. X twenty three. X Force seven and eight by Ed Breeson. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the Kid Cable stuff. Uh, yeah, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable uh, so far. Uh, here we are. The Savage Sword, Sword of Conan. Read the first issue of Savage Sword. Mm-hmm. It's just as good as Conan the Barbarian. 
so I don't know why Marvel is so into Conan at the minute, but <laughs> but they're doing it right. They're doing it right. Uh, Age of Conan, Bailet, and uh, Conan the Barbarian. Those covers. They're not hanging about, are they? They're not. No, they're really. They're you know have they have has someone decided they needed more barbarians in their life or you know I think you can always use more sword and sorcery yeah well they're 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 doing it the right way for sure uh, Star Wars Corner I believe there's some Star Wars I don't know why I'm not digging this because Kieran Gillen's writing it yeah you know and I, I read it for a long time I read a bit of it 66 issues in and I don't know um, it's never fully grabbed yeah I, I think anything of Star Wars outside of the movies really has not has not really tickled me uh, Maybe it's still reaction to the Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, Age of Rebellion seems to be one shot. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, there you go. A lot of Star Wars stuff, and uh, that's kind of, kind of us. How nice is that Green Goblin statue, though? That's a lovely Green Goblin statue. With the fire coming out underneath. Uh-huh. it's pretty beautiful Sam Mammon's quite nice bottom left as well that's Mr. Sinister yeah bottom left oh Sam Mammon sorry my mistake <laughs> my mistake yeah. what's the, what's the uh, Marvel hor- horror on the book? Uh, is that a celebration again 88th it year is. Or? I think it's 88th year sort of stuff uh, they're pulling together uh, volume collects the complete 1970s adventures of zombie Brother Voodoo, The Living Mummy, It, The Living Colossus, The Gollum, mm. Gabriel the Devil Hunter, The Scarecrow, Mordred the Mystic, Strange Tales, Supernatural Thrillers, Astonishing Tales. Marvel just to do a lot more sort of horror stuff. EC, yeah, I, guess, I like 70s, the horror side uh, of it, yeah. EC comic sort of stuff. Uh, you need to really like it. That's uh, 1,328 pages for $150, so 120 quid. I don't like it that much. Yeah, he's not like that. Much. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a thousand three hundred dollars. No, 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 no. There's Infinity Wars has been collected. I don't think I touched it. I think I, I read the first issue of that and then put it down. Didn't I? Yeah. Um, there's something that's really sort of the Marvels poster book. We were talking about how in Marvels there's so many of the panels or the yeah. covers by Alex Ross that just should be posters, should be framed. Uh, so I might grab that Marvels poster book. Twenty four I mean, pages. Twenty four pages. Twenty four yeah. posters essentially. Yeah. Twenty four high quality prints. I would imagine. From the debut of the original Human Torch to the Silver Age exploits of Spider-Man and the X-Men to the coming of Galactus. I think that'll be worth grabbing. There's also a, a postcard. postcard version. Uh, those are June and August releases. Marvel Masterworks, The Hulk, Thor, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, or the movie. Spider-Man by John Byrne, Omnibus, uh, written by... Uh, written by and penciled by John Byrne that would be worth grabbing another thousand plus pages yeah uh huh. that would be worth grabbing uh, Spider-Man The Gauntlet Spider-Man Noir big ah, collection trade paperback very good series yeah uh, yeah it looks like it I, I thought about grabbing that as well that's collecting the original Spider-Man Noir 1 to 4 Spider-Man Noir Eyes Without a Face 1 to 4 Edge of Spider-Verse Spider-Geddon uh, yeah that might be worth that may be worth the grab. <clears throat> the Evolutions of a Legend. Captain America. Uh, Marvel Marvel in the 90s. The Mutant Explosion. That's uh, X-Factor. The, the, the 90s X-Factor. Havoc, Multiple Man, Quicksilver, Wolfsbane, Polaris. Strong guy on the cover. Probably my favourite X-Team of all time. Uh, written by Peter David. Uh, great stuff. 
uh, Marvel Visionaries, John Romita Sr. Uh, Art of Herbert uh, Umberto Ramos on Spider-Man. No Road Home being collected yep. before. Um, how many is No Road Home going to be? It's a 12? 10. 10. 10. Yeah. 10. And there's your boy on the left. Jason Thor. Aaron. Yeah, Jason Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. So, some nice collection. Dead Man Logan collected. Uh, Avengers by Drace and Aaron. We're getting into the War of the Vampires trade paperback by then, and that's what's starting in the Avengers at the minute. Uh, Winter Soldier, that uh, five issue mini series will be collected. One I know you'll definitely pick up and trade Hulk for him. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> X Force collected, the uh, Uncanny X Men that we're talking about currently. Rosenberg, Cyclops, and Wolverine collected. Uh, there is. Is that. I don't know what Daredevil that is. Uh, it doesn't say what's collected yeah. there. Yeah, alright. Okay, and I think that is. Speedball, the masked Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think that is more or less me for Marvel. <clears throat> Pretty good. Looks like a good month. Yeah, there's plenty going on. So you're sort of your mid uh, event. Mid event, yeah. yeah. You're coming to a, that. You know, you're coming to the ends of, of Spider-Man Hunted, and you're in the middle of War of the Realms. Really, yeah. I think is what we're is what we're saying. So, so yeah, picks from that for me: Savage Avengers and those two War of the Realms, uh, Strike Force one shots, Dark Elf Realms, and Land of the Giants. Excellent. Nice. Brings us to an end of Marvel. Then, so I mean, why don't we move on to the next show? Yeah, well, we could do that. But, you yeah. know, we'll leave DC to last. Let's save the best for last. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad being so predictable. But, you know, there you well, go. Because the indie month looks good this month. Yeah. Though. Um, if you look at the social media posts we've shared with um, all of our picks for the month, indie does cover a big chunk of it. Uh, so it does some, especially some quality um, trade paperback collections. Yeah coming out this month so um, so well just looking through it again gentle reminder that this time this month is actually we are previewing for a free comic book day yeah I know we mentioned it last month but might be worth mentioning again May the 4th also Star Wars Day you might not be like Keith and uh, and also the possibility like that uh, Keith may be running the store that day oh yes that's right oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm over in England for a wedding and uh, Keith has rather graciously and generously said he will, uh, as long as I show him the coffee machine, he'll be there. You coming in? We can just drink oh, coffee and yeah, read comics all day. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll come back on the Monday, they'll both be lying. <laughs> Lose stuff. Issues everywhere. Coffee well, they, they everywhere. talk to my GIG yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a bonus edition of the podcast. Uh, what went wrong or what went right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be a bit of both there. Might be a bit of both. But yeah, um... this week, as always, your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say it this time. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to start with uh, Image, probably the best place to start. As always. Um, so I believe this was one of Vicky's picks. One of Vicky's, and also it was going to be one of uh, Keith's picks mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. He swore at the board a little bit that Vicky had already picked it. Vicky picked it because it was one of those ones, if you like the magic order, you'll like this. Whereas with Keith, it was Jim Dresden files. Um, it being ah. sort of compared to, so 
So we think it's secret society intrigue spell casting. Um, it certainly is, and it seems, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it seems to be doing that. And as 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 Alan said, it was sort of for me, it was the Dresden Files side of things. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, so Spencer deals with born into a world of magic. His father belongs to the A ages. A secret society of black magicians ordered by their unseen masters to better the lives of others, those with the greater potential, but never themselves. Hmm. So, yeah, it seems pretty good. Two, two really cool creators in Brandon Thomas and Kari Randolph. Um, not entirely familiar with them both, although Kari Randolph has done a series called Black, which was on Kickstarter, and uh-huh. I think the sequel to it which is called white is on kickstarter at the moment right uh-huh. so yeah it looks like a really good book there's a lot of there's a lot of art in the previous book if you want to have a look and i think i'm going to bag Buffy that Heroes. yeah i like the old uh, urban fantasy it looks very urban fantasy yeah, yeah, like yeah. street level but like lots of magic yeah. at the same time well, i'd say we're really still hungover cool. from uh, the magic order and, uh, and hoping for more so uh, this would definitely be a good a good shade yeah and then we've got don't know if anybody picked Gogor number one. Looks kind of interesting. Just gonna move on. Leave that cartoony there. Yeah. 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 Looks interesting. And we have something Keith wanted uh, to spotlight yeah. there. Well, I mean the thing about the thing about Die 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 uh, by Robert Kirkman was that it sort of came out as a surprise. Um, so the first eight issues are now out and uh, Image are re-offering the first eight issues. Uh, I guess they're, uh-huh. they're reissuing them, uh, offered again. So a lot of Just people like re-releasing them. Or yeah, they? yeah, because All a lot at of the same time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't get, didn't pick it up. You oh, know, and they missed the first couple of issues because yeah. it was a secret thing. You know, so uh, unless you have a a friendly neighborhood uh, local comic shop owner who uh, keeps an eye on these things for you. This is true. Yeah. I keep getting die 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 back in again because. What Kirkman did with this and also did with Oblivion song was he did massive print runs of them. You yep. know, he Kirkman takes no sort of pleasure. He's went on record saying this, he takes no pleasure in seeing what a Walking Dead number one sells for. Uh-huh. Um so anytime he's doing a, a new story now he does massive print runs. So it's I must admit it's the first time I've seen something like that though. Re- know, here's the first eight issues all on. ready uh, to go, you know. So he's, so. he's clearly held some of the print run back in order yeah. to you know to do this to reissue this which Absolutely. is which is clever i mean the story is great uh extremely violent very 80s uh, action movie yeah and it, it follows both the the political side of things and the operational side of uh of, a, of hit squads and and these four brothers uh quad quadruplets quadruplets quadruplets, yeah, yeah. quadruplets uh, who you know are all trained killers and variously alive or dead or you know and in, involved in different things so it's it's great you know yeah and now they've introduced aliens yeah <laughs> finally you know yeah. never, you the, never in the never in the walking dead, dead yeah uh-huh. and die 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 but yeah die 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 it's one of those series if you are interested in it getting first prints of it in get, getting people from the start no problem pop in or drop us a message easy to organize and no that's problems. again nice. that's for a that's get get on it now for a may release was there I'll probably get to it before I ask this question or after I ask this question is there going to be a trade paperback of it? I would imagine so I mean Kirkman's always been very good with trades but I don't think it's in that I, I don't think it's been solicited mm. for just yet yeah. Um, but yeah there's there's a lot of kind of cool volume ones of graphic novels from Image that you might want to take a look at 
Um, first one I've got here is Bitter Root, Volume 1, which looks fantastic, like an action, horror, science fiction mashup. Um, so once, once known as the greatest monster hunters of all time, the Sangarine family specialise in curing the souls of those infected by hate. But those days are fading. A terrible tragedy has claimed most of the family, leaving the surviving cousins divided between the desire to cure monsters or to kill them. Now, though, there's a new breed of monster loose on the streets of Harlem, and the Sangarine family must either come together or watch the human race fall to untold evil. So yeah, that looks pretty good. Um, yeah, David F. Walker and Chuck Brown, and then Sanford Green, the artist. Not... I've seen it on your your shelves before. Yeah, but, we've um, had the first few issues in, so we have. Looks um, looks interesting from what I can see, and then there's Cemetery Beach Volume One or the entire thing. That's gonna be the whole thing. It's actually Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis and Jason Howard looks really good, and then. Oh look at that! Flip the page and. There it is. What's uh, that? That's Die Volume One. Die Ooh, Volume one. fantasy heartbreaker. Yeah. Trade paperback. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't even need to mention that again, but we're going to anyway. Uh, issue four, I don't know if you boys have read it yet. Of course, I would not throw spoilers either way. Nope. But um, issue four, you can really start to see the direction the story's going now. Yeah. Um, you, it feels like the end of an arc where issue four ends. Um, like they're setting up for that big issue before they take a break. But yeah. I do wonder, I, I'm half tempted to message Kieran Gillen about this, but I have a theory. Because you can do that. That it's going to be 20 issues. Because uh. so, the, so on the back of the on the back cover of each issue so far has been well, kind of the twenty sided die, uh-huh. and it always illuminates what color. Uh, sorry, what number the issue is? Right. So I have a real feeling it's going to be twenty issues. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really tempted to tweet him about it, and he is. He's been very good at replying to our little theories that we've thrown his way. But I do think it's going to be twenty issues, which would be really, really cool. And of course, the word. Of die is a twenty-sided word. Yeah, it's yeah. got twenty different yeah. realms, uh, so, twenty different areas. Yeah, that just it just seems so perfect. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's going to be volume one coming out trade paperback yeah, in yeah. May. I would so, say a lot of people will be getting uh, die trade paperbacks for for, yeah. for presents. Order yeah. a surplus of. Uh-huh. I would say we'll have plenty. Speaking of which, this is one I am definitely going to pick up on both of well, all three of uh, the Kieran. Recommended too. Um, no, Middle West uh, is, is a, primarily a Vicky Keith and Alan recommendation. Yeah, very much so. Uh, there's a couple other guys on it in the store as well, but yeah, thoroughly, yeah. thoroughly wonderful title so, so far. Middle West book one. Yeah, trade Middle West is fantastic. Yeah. Scotty Young writer this time, and then art- artist Jorge Corona. Very yeah. similar art style to Scotty Young. He's got a tiny touch more realism, but still quite cartoony. And a bit of surrealism, would you yeah, say? Then? Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Middle West is, again, another one we've talked about a lot. And I would imagine orders for that will be quite big as well. And then it's Middle West 1-6 to six as well. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, Image, there's... Continuations of, of Rat Queens. Yeah. Continuations of... Saga book three. Now which there is something we're looking forward to. Yeah. Deluxe hardcover book three. Yeah, so Saga, what they've been doing is it's um it's released in traditional trade paperback um form, which is always six issues. Uh, Saga pretty much invented the image model as it's now known, which is do a story arc at a time in single issues, take a few months break, release the trade, then move into the next arc. They've been doing these these beautiful hardcovers as well, slightly blown up art. 
uh, always with a brand new cover by Fiona Staples, and each hardcover contains the equivalent of three trade paperbacks. Saga's one of those that, you know, Keith and I were chatting about it before we started. He's thinking of, you know, getting caught up before the singles come back. Well, I've read, I mean, I've read the first six, yeah. uh, which I bought the very first time I was through the door of Coffee and Heroes. Yeah. Uh, so it was a couple of years ago I read it. But yeah, I, I think just based on what you guys have said, and especially Vicky's heartfelt uh, reviews, I definitely need to, uh, I definitely need to, uh, pick up and get caught yeah. up in Saga before it comes back and it's up to issue 54 isn't it right? 54 yeah and that's yeah. where that uh, hardcover's going right. to come up to so well once I've read uh, the books that I bought off the Fantastic Fracture Press books that I bought off Roddy a few yeah. weeks back still haven't read really, those no Jeez, I I'll get there man I'll get there you were know? they not first on your pile you've, so? got, you've, <laughs> you've got my money already <laughs> he said it before he'll yeah. say it again trades go to the bottom of the pile <laughs> It's the way it happens. It's the way it happens. An anthology is definitely oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor anthologies. Yeah. Poor, poor anthologies. But I believe you want to talk about this one. I've just turned the page. Uh, just because just it's so worth mentioning. Just because, I mean, it's not the first time I've talked about it, but uh, they are resoliciting, I guess. Especially uh, five trades. It's in, in, in light of the... Uh, the celebration of the casting announcements for the forthcoming animated adaption of Invincible by Amazon Studios. They're suggesting you stop up, stock up on Skybound Entertainment's best-selling superhero series, Invincible, by Robert Kirkman, Cory Walker, and Ryan Otley. Do they have another superhero series? Uh, that's a question. Spawn? Skybound, though? He, he asked the hard questions, he asked the hard yeah. questions, but uh, there's an easy answer, just buy <laughs> I mean, Invincible. Yeah. Buy Invincible. So, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. It's great, yeah. it's fantastic. I mean, that man just did yeah. some beautiful upside-down reading, and then you throw that question... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a lot farm. of continuations. Yeah, so fair lady, and we talked about that last, last month. Yeah, yeah I look forward to that. Farmhand number eight. Um, First trades already out. Beautiful book. Uh, then we've got a few here that I'm really looking forward to. Gideon Falls, Gunning yeah. for Hits number five. I know Vicky would be interested in Hit Girl season two number four. Yeah, first issue that was fun. It was. I think we really. We it was entirely really dialogue there. free, except for I think the last panel. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there was a lot it's of really humor in it. Yeah, yeah, really good fun that book. Um, again, this page, Isola number eight. I'm really looking forward to that. I like that they've actually solicited for the trade of Middle West as well, and then boom, yeah, they're straight into issue seven. Number seven. Little Bird number three. I think number one is out next. I week. think it might be next week. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, Steve Niles on Kickass. Still a bit confusing and weird to me, but who knows? How do you mean weird and confusing? Because he doesn't write Kickass. He writes like Thirty Days of Night. Yeah, and like horror. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does it Kickass doesn't seem like his kind of book, but if I'm not interested in it, why then? You never will yeah, be. Never will be. <laughs> uh, Paper Girls is back. I think that's part three of the final arc. I think so. It must be back for yeah. next week too. Same again, Brand K one in there. It's a fun series, Paper Girls. If you like some, if you like Stranger Things, for example, yeah, would recommend picking up Paper Girls. Section zero, issue two. Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, no, sorry, skip past a few of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so I'm certainly about grabbing the first one, but haven't read any of them yet. Section zero, we talked about on the last. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just um, as you turn the page there, Sharky the Bounty Hunter, that first issue was brilliant. Was it? Really, really good. Art style alone is worth 
the price of admission, but Mark Miller's just, you know, I always call him the Stephen King of comics, but like this is one of his ideas I think that works really, really well. He's he's a great world builder, like it feels like a lived in world in one issue. And yeah, I'm really curious to see where that goes with the first issue. I only read it a couple of days ago. I thought it was excellent. Have to say, cool. there's one of yours. Yeah, Skyward it. number thirteen, still going very strong. Uh, the new arc must start pretty soon. Fix the world. Um, so this is part three, solicited here. Um, we've got vindications, one I've never heard of. That's a Top Guy one. Um, Walking Dead one nine one, still going strong. Still going. The last couple of issues <laughs> have been really good. Karen will agree with me on that. I think you might have even been in the other day when I was reading The Walking Dead and I got the last page. I was just like, holy shit. Okay, we need to have a wee chat about this, Keith. <laughs> die, die, die. Yes. Has G.I. Joe style action figures. Yes, they do indeed. That's Nate and Paul. Is there enough guns, though? In yeah, that, it looks uh, like box? they have a stack of guns. There's only five. Yeah. That's my point. I don't think there's enough guns. <laughs> so, yeah, um, although Nate looks a bit like your man from Small Soldiers. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it looks a wee bit like Cable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that looks very good. Uh, get just when we're talking about merchandise, the Middle West t-shirt of uh, the kid's tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Wee Fox pin too. Oh, the Wee Fox. Um, yeah, I think that's that's image done. It's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so into Dark Horse now. Um, yeah, it has one of, one of the ones I'm looking forward to there with uh, Stranger Things. So the I'll be honest, the Stranger Things comic that recently came out it was alright, it didn't particularly seem essential, it was the story of Will while he was trapped in the Upside Down mm-hmm. world, but it just seemed to be going over the same events, but just from the other side. Different point of view, yeah. Yeah, so It I, was interesting, I enjoyed it, but as you said, it, didn't, it wasn't going to set anything on fire, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so, but this one I think could be really interesting, this one's called Stranger Things, um, colon 6, um, it says miniseries, I would presume four issues again. This is actually going to be a prequel yeah, to the main yeah. series. Going to focus on the Doctor. Going to focus on government experimentation. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll really yeah. I'll look forward to that. I'd, uh, and hopefully by the time that's finished, we'll have a new season of Stranger Things as well. Um, I'd certainly seek out the cover, the variant by Cal Lambert, because that looks amazing. Um, yeah, so we have Aliens Rescue, which I believe follows on from the events of Aliens Resistance, Resistance which we talked about last time. Probably pick that up because we quite like aliens. Yeah, Brian yeah. Wood on it again. Brian Wood, different artist this time. Kieran McKeown. See, um, I've been really enjoying Alien Three. The the, yeah, the, yeah. the the adaption though, I haven't picked up any other Alien stuff, uh, ever. Dead Orbit is where you want to start. I reckon. Really? Yeah. Really. Um, speaking of Alien Three, there's the hardcover. Oh. Um, looks very good. Then Umbrella Academy. Umbrella now that's Academy. one that I hadn't really thought about until I started watching the Netflix TV series this week. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Netflix yeah. show. Yeah, most of. So them. you've watched all of it. I've seen it all. Now I'm starting on True Detective season three. How far are you through? Probably six or seven issues in. What's what's our current TV watching then? So you have finished Umbrella I Academy. You're on True one, Detective. I only do one at a no, time. We're, we're the same. Yeah. We're the same. What would your day? Uh, I'm. The final frontier. It's really interesting. So Christopher Pike, um, for for those who don't know, Star Trek was 
the original televised captain of the Enterprise. He was in the pilot uh, of oh, yes. Star Trek. Uh, uh, it was him, his enigmatic number one, who was played by Major Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry's wife, um, and uh, Mr. Spock as the science officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the pilot episode. And then for the first episode of Star Trek, it was uh, Shatner. Shatner as Captain Kirk, and you know Spock as the first officer, and uh, Bones and that. So we don't see there's no, you know, there's no mention of Captain Pike mm-hmm. until I think it's a season two episode called The Menagerie, which very cleverly it was a two part episode if I recall, and it very cleverly took the pilot episode and cut it into like a courtroom drama. Which okay. is usually a classic uh, TV thing of we're running out of money. We really need to do a couple of episodes to see if so. We'll do a courtroom and then we'll cut in yeah. stuff we've already filmed. So, and the story it told was that Spock was being court-martialed because he had taken Captain Pike. Captain Pike had been injured very badly by Delta Ray radiation trying to save some cadets mm-hmm. uh, in an accident as a, as a fleet admiral. And uh, so this is again the first time we're seeing here mention of him and. Donkeys, you know, so they effectively made the pilot canon, you know what I mean? So oh, wow. that, you know, and they retold this whole story of Pike visiting Talos 4 and uh, you know, exposure to these aliens that were that could create change, change, you know, use telepathy to to influence your mind. So you were living in you know, the ultimate fantasy, whether that be you know, uh, you know, a fantasy world that of your own making or sexual fantasy or whatever else, you know. So it was a great story, but but. Spock was taking Captain Pike, who was now at this stage confined to a brainwave-controlled wheelchair, could only communicate through a light saying yes or no. Uh, he'd gone from being the action captain to this, and Spock was taking him to live out the last days of his life in Talos Four, which he had visited before. But, but after the original visit to Talos Four, the Federation had gone, actually, nobody can go back there again. General order, out of bounds. You go back there, it's it's death penalty, it's capital punishment, dealio, you know. So this was why Spock was being court-martialed, and we learned that Spock had served with Captain Pike for 11 years, so many months and so many days, and he was loyal to him. And Scott, you know, Spock was willing to, to break a general order so that he could live out the rest of his life in this uh, mental world of his own, you know, yeah. his own making, you know. So it was a great episode, but what they've done in Discovery is they've brought back Captain Pike, because Discovery is set before... The original series of Star Trek, so oh, Pike okay. has taken over captaincy of the Discovery, uh, and Spock's involved, and it's it's and his number one is involved, and they've done a great job of finding an actress who looks a lot like Major Roddenberry back in the sixties, and it's so, so, it's, it's so Discovery. Yeah, sorry, I went around the Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the original. That's Bruce Greenwood, isn't it? Plays him in the films. Yeah, so he's there. He was after Robert April. He was the first televised captain of the Enterprise. So Discovery, Walking Dead. (laughs) What's what what about you? Um, We're finishing off Ozark at the moment. Was fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful Netflix show. Uh, Yeah, the the only reason I ask is because we're trying to decide what to watch Mm. after that. Similar to Roddy, we watch one at a time. Although I say that, but Deadly Class gets watched every week without fail. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, we're trying to decide whether to jump on the Umbrella Academy, to jump on to Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or oh, jump on to the next Marvel show, Sabrina. which for us would be Jessica Jones season Sabrina. Two. Oh, Sabrina. That's it. Done. <laughs> I can't... 
I've never, I haven't watched it since it was Sabrina the Teenage Witch with the girl who played Clarissa <laughs> explains it all no, <laughs> on Nickelodeon. I can't, no, I can't get that out. And that stupid puppet cat. As the ad campaign almost pro- probably said, this is not your mama's Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. It's, know, it's, this it's this is proper a, cult dark stuff. Because right. like you like Riverdale too. It's yeah. got well, the same. It's the same sort of vibe. It's the same yeah. world, is it not? It's the same executive yeah. producer, showrunners, Roberto Guerrero He also writes Afterlife with Archie. But it's Sabrina. It's very good. It's really good fun. It's got a like few dark elements too that mm. you like. Yeah, cool. really, really good. Umbrella Academy is very good. Yeah, too. it is. Yeah, yeah. I still have to finish Older Carbon as well. Oh, that was just comic a long time ago. Was yeah. 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 Well, it was last very, year. It was I think. A very good show. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah. So there's our TV tangent. Anyway, so, Back to yeah. the previous week. <laughs> well, we could vaguely tie it in there. I'm looking at American Gods here. Um, uh, that's a new one. That which was a great show. Yeah, and then fun. there's Fight Club number three, number five. Fight, um, Fight Club three, number five. Yep. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna, very full of damage. Um, so we got library editions of Harold County, which is fantastic. What's Harold County about? Is that the one that's a wee bit Lovecrafty, is it? Yeah, I think oh, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, yeah, uh, Colin Bunn's quite Colin, well known for his horror this is, style. I think this is the essential Colin Bunn. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't want to say any more in case I spoil it, but um, it looks really good. And is that a, that's a trade? Is it a finished there series? Or? Light, yeah, it's finished now. Yeah, I think it's finished, isn't it? But, I think so. Yeah, well, usually, um, when they start doing library editions for stuff, so it's, it's pretty much done. Then there's one that I have no idea about called Last Stop in the Red Line, which is a very intriguing title. Um, so yeah, writer Paul Mabry and illustrator Sam Lofty bring a horrific murder mystery to Dark Horse. Really intriguing cover. Um, Detective Majelia Torres investigates a vicious strangling on the Boston subway, which with no feasible leads, as potential evidence produces dead ends. She inadvertently takes a vagrant named Yusuf, who may have a supernatural connection to the crime at hand. Sounds pretty good. Um, they've only got one page of art, but yeah, sounds intriguing. Don't know if you like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the massive Omnibus Volume One. Uh, I think Alan talked about it last time. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Brian yeah. Gary Brown and art. The Witcher Volume Four. Maybe there's some fans out there of. Dark Horse did a lot of video game stuff. There's The Division as well. Minecraft Volume 1. Um, Tomb Raider. How quickly that page yeah. was turned from Minecraft. Sorry, do you want to not talk at about all. Minecraft? Not yeah, at all. we could. I think I would have done the same thing. Minecraft. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, a lot of, there's a few wee Disney things. Disney like Horror. Mice Dracula, Donald Duck and Frankenstein. Zootopia comic, Frozen. Yeah, looks cool if you like that sort of thing. Back to the Hellboy stuff. We have BRPD, BPRD, Hellboy versus Lobster Johnson, Joe Gollum, Occult Detective, Crimson Lotus. Yeah, so there's a lot of Hellboy stuff if you're into that. Girl in the Bay, number four. I think that's the second finale. Is wonderful. I haven't read the second issue just yet. And I've also set aside that one on your left there called Astro, Astro Hustle. Hustle. The cover of Astro Hustle just looked straight off an 80s video game. <laughs> it had like a floating pirate ship. It had a dog with a flamethrower. It had um, a samurai. It had 
like an old timey western gunslinger. It just looks a hell of a lot of fun. I haven't read it yet. It was released this week, but nice. Um, so yeah. I'm really I'm looking forward to dipping into that actually. Yeah, so we're we're into the burger burger book section. Um, we this this is where I feel Dark Horse gets more interesting. Yeah, I, I like yeah, this. I'd agree with you. I like um, this burger book. So we got the girl in the bay. We've got she could fly the lost pilot. Um, Invisible Kingdoms, the one I think we're all looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, we talked about that. Christian Ward, Gio Wilson. Next, next week or next two, week, I believe. Yeah, next, I think next week's lining up to be quite the quite the week. Quite the indie tastic week. Yeah, obviously loving it. Um, and also the Grim Knight. Next week. That's not an indie title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're, we're doing the we're, indie section right now. I think we're, we are done with Dark Horse, so we're going to move on to IDW, and this is one of my picks. Tying nicely into your Star Trek tangent earlier, so I don't, know if, that, I don't know if that was together. planned or not. But um, da, da, da. So George Takei is uh, oh, yes. writing a comic, uh-huh. um, although I just have to put it out there that I believe it's not for May. I think this is an early solicit. I think it might be because it's a graphic July novel, isn't it? or August. Yeah, um, yeah, it's an advanced solicit for July release. Um, so yeah, this is um, it's by George Takei, and I believe there's a couple of other writers that helped him with it: Justin Isinger and Stephen Scott. And the artist is Harmony Becker. They called us enemy. They called um, us enemy. So I, I guess I mean I've read uh, George Takei's autobiography. It's I um, think it's. And it looks, yeah, the, whenever yeah, whenever the, the Americans interned uh, sort of Asian populaces during the during the World War Two at the start of start of World War Two. Yeah, um, um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a very heavy book, but he, he says it's a story that needs to be told, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Don't want to get political or anything, but um, George Takei has captured the hearts and minds worldwide with his captivating stage presence and outspoken commitment to equal rights. I think that's like one of the things that I really like about George Takei is like he's used his platform to yeah yeah to speak out about anything and in order to that, try and make things better for yeah yeah uh, that's he's like an activist and I know activist yeah. gets sort of like a bad rep these days but it's it's a good word and it's, George yeah, Takei is yeah, one he's the best kind yeah yeah um but not. Long before Star Trek, he braved new frontiers. Um, he woke up as a four-year-old boy to find his own birth country at war with his fathers and their entire family forced from their home into an uncertain future. In a stunning graphic memoir, Takei revisits his haunting childhood in American concentration camps as one of over 100,000 Japanese Americans imprisoned by the U.S. government during World War II. Experience the forces that shaped an American icon and America itself in the gripping tale of courage, country, loyalty, and love. So, isn't that a horrifying statement? American concentration camps. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. There was um, there was an interview with him, which I will try and look up. The previous book did an interview with him, and he said something really that kind of stood out to me. And obviously, I won't be able to find it, but pretty sure it's further in. But. But yeah, I mean, if you guys want to keep talking, I will yeah. find it. <laughs> Tell us how much you love Star Trek again. <laughs> Just flick past all the IDW Sonic Adventure. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get back to that. That's fine. You we'll, can you can keep. No, going. we'll get back to them. We need to talk about Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, here it is. Um, so, previews asked him, "What do you want people to take away from?" 
sorry, what do you want people to take away with them after reading the book? And George said, I hope the young people that read this book understand the importance of their being active participants in the process of our democracy. Our democracy is great, but it depends on us as a people to make the ideals of this country true. I want people to read this book. Oh, sorry, I want people that read this. There's a typo there. I want people that read this book to realize that prejudice is not what makes this country great. In fact, it makes it horrible. We can have a better we we have to be better than that, and we can. Now, can so, you do that in uh, George Takei's voice? Uh, no, because I'll be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a typo in the previous book there. I want people that read this to book realize that prejudice is not what makes. Oh, there's a bunch of typos in all of previous. Yeah, books. previews. We'll have to. I'll have to have, have words a word for you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe so, maybe grab that. That could be really interesting seems like it's going to be a really powerful book yeah. the art looks quite manga manga-esque uh-huh. I might say. quite minimalist using, as well yeah mm-hmm. using the kind of like japanese influence um yeah so there's the marvel corner of idw for kids which is nobody's really on no no then there's the sonic sonic section just gonna pass that then there's the idw star wars corner so Really strange. There's my, my Little Pony. IDW are very well known for their sort of franchise work. Yeah. Although there is one next week that I know you'll look forward to. Franchise? Transformers. Oh, Transformers. Oh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Brand what new, what brand, a week. Brand yeah. new number one. So, yeah, more Disney stuff. There's Big Hero 6. Samurai Uncle Jack. Scrooge. Samurai Jack, yeah. And Goosebumps. Glow. Atomic Robo. Dick Tracy. Then we've got turtle stuff, a lot of ongoing turtles. There's Gears of War, um, Narcos number two. I mentioned Narcos number one last month. Then we've got GI Joe, um, Transformers five and six. Yeah, I'll keep it moving. There's Star, Star Trek. Trek the You're a big fan of those comics, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Five. Year five number two. Yeah, I'll probably pick up the first one. See how it. Yeah, and then we get to one that I was another one of my picks. If you look in the board, um, so there's it's called Road of Bones, which is by writer Rich Duick and artist Alex Cormack. Rich Duick's done like a lot of um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. He's done a series called Gutter Magic, which was comics experience and IDW. And Alex Cormack does one of your favorite series, Alan Sink. Oh, Sink, yeah. Sync is a truly, truly horrible title, but it's so darkly funny. Set in a, in a fictional place in Glasgow called Sinkhill, which is home to this urban legend of a blue van that drives around, which is filled with killer clowns. It is one of the most truly nasty titles you'll ever read, but it is captivating. Yeah, uh, nice. What's Road of Bones about? Well, we'll see. Road of Bones hopefully has the same sort of time and place that Sync has, because it's about Russian folklore. Um, so I believe in 1953, the Siberian gulag of Kolmaya is hell on earth. Um, I think there's a prison in there, isn't there? It's meant to be the worst prison in the world. Um, and that's why Roman Morozov leaps at the chance to escape it. But even if they make it out, Roman and his fellow escapees still have hundreds of miles of frozen tundra between them and freedom. With the help of a mysterious being straight out of his childhood fairy tale stories, Roman just might make it, or is this 
the being simply a manifestation of his brutal circumstances driving him insane. So it's a, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like a isolated prison in Siberia and it's, they have to make it out. They escape it, but do you really escape when you're just out in the wilds of Siberia? Yeah. 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 Like so it looks really go. good. Yeah. yeah um, covers amazing. Um, and the internal artwork looks fantastic. I'm really, I'm really excited by it. And yeah, rich, Rich is sort of like a writer to watch because I think we'll we'll get to him later. But he's done he's done a good few stuff for IDW now, and he's done a lot of stuff for Comics Tribe as well. So yeah, I think we'll get to him sooner. We'll get back to him sooner rather than later. And then Alex Cormack, just the stuff on Sync is brutal. Have you read? I've read the somewhere? first two, <clears throat> but I find the Comics Tribe books are hard to get. Sync was it like even the graphic novel of Sync is hard to get. Um, yeah, but I have a few guys who have it in their pull list who get the single issues and. Is it still going? Yeah. Or did it end at six? No, it's still no. going. It's uh, up to eight now. No. Yeah. Okay, we've got a cool. There's a cool uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, Roy this... Thomas and Mike McNeil. Uh, yeah, they're obviously releasing that in trade form. That came out as a deluxe hardcover uh, a few oh. months ago. Um, it was very popular in the store. And then yeah, Marvel Masterworks pinup from IDW. Cool. I don't understand the relationship between IDW and Marvel. Uh, it seems a strange one. You know, yeah, they're... it is a bit of a weird one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we think we're finished with IDW. Um, Just flip past all those expensive-looking Marvel statues. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're, I like they're the same, same ones, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So yeah, dynamite. I don't know if anybody wants to chime in. Feel oh, free. You know you want to read Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley. Is that the series? The... <laughs> My goodness. Now that has been an excellent. Sweet Valley High is no um, hang time. Now that first issue was fantastic. Our Made Darkness Bubble Hotep. There was, uh, I think I've spoke about it before, but there was a regular Carl that comes in and he was a wee bit disappointed in Bubble Hotep. He said this, this should write itself. Mm-hmm. And it got a bit overtly complicated, but that is so that the title I delivered. I think yeah. that's the title he thought Bubba Hotep would be. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, it's it, off to a great start. First issue was really good. Nice, yeah. Um, James Bond, still going strong. Elvira. Then there's Crackdown 2. Um, Kiss. Peter Cannon. This is one that I came in in the chat to you guys about. I've got the first two issues of this, and this is bloody wonderful. Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen again. Um, it's it's like an old superhero that he's rejuvenated and brought back to modern times called Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. He's like the most intelligent man in the world. He's also the character on which Ozymandias is based. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The first two issues of that were excellent. Um, again, I just jumped on it because of, you know, Die and Kieran Gillen and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And the first issue was a little tricky to get a hold of. Seems to be a small print run, but... Yeah. Really, really good. It'll be one to keep an eye for when it hits Casper, Casper Wingard, the artist, um, he did a lot of stuff for T-Pub back in the day. He did an image series called Limbo, and I know he's done a few different things for Marvel, a few different covers. I think he worked on Robotech as well for Titan. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Red Sonja, Turok, $6 million man, Xena. I picked up, well, back. I sort of I grabbed the... And had a look at the first issue of Six Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the the concept was kind of interesting. You know, the fact that he's a Six Million Dollar Man, and you know, how do you create a cyborg with Six Million Dollars in two thousand eighteen? <laughs> and that's kind of the crux of it: the fact that he's now it's failing. Two, it's two thousand nineteen. 
What did I say? 2018. <laughs> All right, okay, well, you know, so many yeah, times. But uh, the, the concept of it is that he's starting to fall apart a wee bit, you know, uh, the, but the art just didn't. Just didn't grab me at all. It was kind of too cartoony. Right. Clearly, and Andy saw you grab it because ten minutes after you left, he bought it. Oh yeah, I just I just opened it to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're in the boom now. We've got the Josh Whedon corner. Firefly, Firefly, fantastic. And Buffy. Buffy Haven't tried it yet. Yeah, first uh, third print, Probably first issues are next week. Are they cool? Sweet. Yeah, it took a bit of time. Coming in rather, yeah. but it's been a big success so What's far. What's that there? That there is The Magician's, Alice's Story, which is a gem in the month from Lev Grossman, Lila Sturgis, illustrated by Pierce Back. Tell me um, more, Roddy. Well, I don't really know more. Uh, I could read you the blurb if you want. Um, the first graphic novel set in the New York Times bestselling trilogy that inspired the hit, hit TV show. There's a hit TV okay. show? Um, yeah, acclaimed novelist Lev Grossman teams with New York Times bestselling writer Lila Sturges, Lumberjanes, and breakout, order, breakout artist P.S. Back for a new look at the smash hit series The Magicians. Interesting. Um, Alice Quinn is manifestly brilliant. She's always known as she's always known that magic is real. During her years at Brick Bills College for magical pedagogy, she rises <laughs> to the top of her class, falls in love with Quentin Coldwater and witnesses a horrifically magic creature invade their dimension. It's not soon after graduation when Alice, Quentin, and their friends set their sights on the idyllic setting of Filori, a place thought to only live in the pages of their favourite children's book. I see. Hit TV show that I I've never heard of. I would say that's yeah. not for me, so no, I don't, yeah, move on. Yeah, okay. I'm it kind of has your urban fantasy, though. Yeah, no. Not, it doesn't have the dark side of the urban fantasy. <clears throat> Now this one looks cool. It's called Bags, a story or a story thereof, which is by the award-winning uh, creator of Over the Garden Wall, which is a fantastic Netflix series, which maybe you might have to put bump up to the front of your watch list if you've never seen it. Um, it's a cartoon show, 10-minute episodes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Really heartfelt, heart-wrenching too. Um, it's like, was that a was that a like a Disney movie? Did Shatner no, do a voice? No, it's more. For, oh, don't know if Shatner's in it. Maybe can't remember. But yeah. um, it's it's utterly fantastic. It's gorgeous. Really kind of spooky. All right. Okay. Spooky kind of you kind of get a old school Cartoon Network vibe from it. Um, it reminded me of the Halloween Tree. If anyone's ever seen that, mm -hmm. um, absolutely classic film. Um, yeah, this looks. Pretty cool. Um, this is the tale of John Motts. He is a man who had a dog, but now that dog is gone. John searches his house, his street, and his town, but the dog is nowhere to be found. John soon realizes that he must travel further, past the road, and into the trees if he's ever going to find out the truth of what happened. I'm getting mixed up between over the garden wall and over the hedge. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, I think you're. Why? Yeah. You could you could be forgiven, like you could be forgiven. Well, we'll forgive you for that one, don't we? Uh, Will we? And William Shatner did do a voice in it. That's in over the over hedge. Garden wall. Over Not the hedge. Over the hedge. Over the hedge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of boom stuff. Probably not for us. Well, there's over there the is garden over wall. the garden wall. Hollow Town. 
Nice graphic novel there for you. Um, yeah. Rockman's Modern Life, number two, Afterlife. It used to be Rockman's Modern Afterlife, should I say. So, getting into the sort of page by page thing. Action Lab, Spencer and Locke, number two. Read the graphic novel of that. It's volume one. It's very, very good. What's it? Um, Spencer and Locke. So, Spencer and Locke. It's about a cop. But he's got an imaginary, imaginary friend. It's, it's it's kind Cal- of Calvin he, and Hobbes. He, he described up. it as Calvin and Hobbes meets something like a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny. Yeah. It's so good. Really, really good. Really, really good comic. I think that's probably one of the main things Action Lab are known for. Um. Yeah. I think we yes. Um. Into aftershock now. I believe this is another one I wanted to talk about. Killer Groove's a weird one because we we're. I think I mentioned it to you guys, and you're like, yeah, yeah, Sounds about like yeah, 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 yeah. It looks cool and all, and I was like, no, it looks really good. Um, but they, it almost seems like it came at the wrong time. So, um, 1970s Los Angeles, Johnny is one of the thousands of musicians trying to make it make it big while working a crummy bar job and getting drunk with his whiskey-soaked PI friend, Jackie. When Johnny gets tangled up with the local mob hitman, he not, not only finds a new and violent career, but maybe the inspiration for his music as well. Um, so yeah, it's, like I said, kind of came along at the wrong time after Gunning for Hits, which is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a creative team I'm really excited for so that's why I'm kind of you know I'll give it a pass um, Ollie Masters who's done Snowblind which is one of my favourite boom miniseries and Yoan Marin who's like an Irish guy who who's done a lot of work for Dynamite with James Bond Centipede Army of Darkness I think he did an X-Men Christmas special too with yeah. PJ Holden uh, oh okay so yeah Killer Groove I think um got a lot to live up to i know jordy blair's a colorist as well um yeah so music thrillers with assassins you... yeah um sounds like deep impact and armageddon all over again <laughs> it's one of those one of those ones we yeah. need to convince Dante's you number one needs to convince you. Yeah, yeah 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 but yeah Twister and that other one about the heavy wind creative team kind of sways it for me but i remain kind of skeptical because going for hits is so good yeah yeah so Aftershock they do have another number one called Descent I mean I'd be willing to check out another musical thriller yeah, yeah. yeah. comics needs more stories about music I think yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah this looks quite interesting um, it's a really cool blurb uh, it's like wanted information as to the whereabouts of Jackson E. Miller son, or, son of Senator Carter Miller child was kidnapped from his Washington home between 4 and 6am on Wednesday May first 2019 um so yeah conspiracy theories government corruption and a really good mix of prints drives david Corey to help solve the mysterious disappearance of his famous politician's son when david realizes the truth is much more dangerous than a kidnapping he must battle ancient secrets that have endangered the lives of children for centuries this conspiracy fueled adventure story looks at the darker side of american history through the eyes of an unlikely team of heroes oh so yeah, it looks quite good. Uh, Stephanie Phillips um, has done stuff for Black Mask, Aftershock as well. And Eugenev Bornyakov. Hope I got that right. Um, yeah, like in, I think he's done stuff for Aftershock as well before that. 
looks like a really interesting mix. I don't really know what it's about. But <laughs> <laughs> it looks kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we were saying about Mary Shelley Monster Hunter last month. Yeah. One of Kieran's picks. Yeah. It's a lot of good stuff with Aftershock. Yeah. Um, keep it going. Um, Blood Realm, I think I mentioned a few times. For Alterna, really like the first one. Not sure on the newsprint. Um, yeah. We have to skip past the bees. <laughs> oh, we can, we can sort of go through Black Mask. Um, they've kind of gone a bit silent, haven't they? Do they still... Because there was a period of time there where there was, there was loads a lot of, of big hits. There was a really, really yeah. good one called We Can Never Go Home. Yeah. Which was very good. Um, there was another series called Four Kids Walk Into a yeah. Bank. Which I Beautiful think, Canvas. Um, the, the, uh, young Terrorists was another yeah, one. So they went yeah. through a little period where they were really, really... And there's um, Clexco too. Is that another mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Uh, Clandestino as yeah. well. It's another one. So, so yeah, there was a time they were really, really productive and now it just... Seems to have slowed down a little bit, so it has, but uh, there are some good Black Mask titles out there. Yeah, well, um, yeah, remember I said we were going to talk about Rich Duick some more? Well, here we are. Um, <laughs> so, we're back to Comics Tribe. Fantastic um, segue. Fantastic. Was it good? Beautiful yeah, one, yeah. Appreciate that. Um, so, this one, only about a month ago, I was, I don't know if this is like a horrible plug, but I was... Donna A. Black and I have decided to do the Kickstarter, right? Plug away. Uh, cheap plug. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was looking through Kickstarter just like randomly. I was editing our page. Um, it's coming out March 25th if you want to back it. Um, nice ghost story, traditional horror in the vein of the woman in black. Yeah, you might want to check it out. But anyway, I was reading through Kickstarter and I saw this one called Wailing Blade and I was like, that looks amazing. Looks yeah. really, really cool, Smart. like Berserk style Fist of the North Star kind of manga, but only in a comic book. Um, looked really good. Um, I just thought shipping was too much for me, and they didn't have a reward for a single comic, it was a reward for two. Um, so it was a bit strange, but now I see they kind of said on the Kickstarter they were trying to supplementary kind of fund getting it into like the diamond previews again yeah uh so here we are it's um rich duke who's writing it it's called wailing blade and joe mulvey i think did another comic stripe series called scan he's a really great artist too um but yeah you'll i think you'll you'll probably love this it's kind of perfectly i think it's on point it's like a cheesy sort of executioner style revenge comic so the head taker feared executioner and wielder of the legendary wailing blade kills every man who meets his gaze and right now he's looking at taichon an upstart bandit prince fighting to save his father from the chopping block an oversized first issue with so much skull splitting action you're guaranteed to lose your head over it wailing blade is high adrenaline fantasy adventure in the dark future of mankind from the mad minds of rich duke Gutter Magic and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Joe Mulvey Scan. So yeah, and they also have cool silver and gold foil enhanced mm -hmm. covers. So if that takes your fancy, those collectors out there, 
Yeah, I've seen them. I've reviewed pages from that as well, so I have, because uh, I follow Comics Tribe on Facebook. Yeah. Just because of Sync. And uh, yeah, they've been previewing pages from Willie Blade. They've got really high hopes for it. I do too. It looks really good, really, really interesting. Um, Some dynamic forces stuff. Maybe there's an additional Batman 50 for there No, No. I think they're sold out of those. Um, Yeah. Only Detective 1000 is there. (laughs) My next. uh, Um, No. My next no. ridiculously expensive uh, <laughs> habit pursuit. Yeah, um, but now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, this yeah. was one of your picks. This is one of my yeah. picks. Yeah, this is um, uh, in the series called Drawing Blood Spilled Ink. It's uh, going to be a four issue mini series. Um, what drew me to it is that it is an indie comic being um, produced by a new studio called Kevin Eastman Studios. Kevin Eastman, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, was one of the co-creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, And what he has called Drawing Blood Spilled Ink is a totally fictional true story. Uh, It's essentially a fictional uh, take on his life after he sold Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So anybody who wasn't around when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first came out, it was everywhere. It was on lunchboxes, it was action figures, it was plush (coughs) toys, it was... An animated series. It was computer games. It was, it was crazy, and it all came from just this small indie-produced comic, you know, called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so this looks really, really interesting to me. Um, you know, they have changed some details in it because, I, I suppose it's gonna um, toe the line between what's tr- what's real and what's not. You yeah. know, what really happened and what maybe is his memory of it. But for example, instead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it, he creates a comic called. Radically rearranged Ronan ragdolls. Uh, <laughs> they don't sound like heroes in a half shell. They don't. No turtle power there. Um, and what's interesting as well is that drawing blood uh, miniseries. They're also going to do a one shot of the radically rearranged Ronan ragdolls uh, as sort of a companion piece as well. I have read it. I don't know if I read the whole thing. I backed drawing blood on Kickstarter because it started life as a Kickstarter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was a year ago now. Um, as long ago as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fantastic, I must say. But, uh, yeah. So yeah just just to see video. someone who created something that iconic, sort of stripping it all back and, you know, come back with a new indie comic, new studios. Obviously, the Kickstarter, I'm guessing, went very well. Yeah, uh, I think it did. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's one to really, really look forward to. I think it could be an interesting sort of niche title, but... I kind of get the feeling that might be that might be something special. Yeah, he's also done some cover. He does the variant cover for Drawing Blood, mm-hmm. and then for the one shot of Radically Rearranged, right? Running Ragdolls. Running Ragdolls. It doesn't yeah. roll off the tongue no, the same way as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but research that before I said it. <laughs> um, yeah, he does a he does a alternate cover of that as well. Freddie Williams second does a cover. Of yeah, he too. does Batman, Teenage Mutant so, Ninja yeah. Turtles. It's really like a really intriguing series, I must say. Yeah, looking forward to, because I don't know. I'm like, yeah, have I read the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, going on. We're halfway through the indie section. Sorry, everyone. For <laughs> <taking> <laughs> a long, long time. This man loves his indie. Yeah. So we've got. Yeah, it's all about just finding we sort of small nuggets now, because. The previous pages get a little smaller at this point. Yeah. They don't seem to feature quite so much I think there's there's good stuff if you're into the sort of stuff that like Oni Press do. There's 
Mad Cave Studios too, which looks quite cool. They've got Honor and Curse, Knights of Golden Sun, and Battle Cats. I've seen the artwork of some of that. It looks really good. Um, yeah, Oni still going. There's a lot of there's a big celebration of women in comics with archival quality, altered history of Willow Sparks, Space Battle Lunchtime Volume One. My boyfriend is a bear. Sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> Spectacle and Wet Moon Book One. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Damn right. Um, yeah. I think we're probably near the end. Did I have any? Oh, I have one more. What about you guys? Do you have any more indie? Uh, no, that was my yeah. indie with uh, Drawing Blood Spilling and nice. also with the uh, the Die Trade. Were my two cool, well, I just have, yeah, getting to the end here, I have one more, which is Spotlight in the previews. Another trade paperback, it's The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood. Um, it's by Christina Blanche, Chris Carr, and the artist is just called Chi. Um, complete omnibus of the phenomenal story, edited by Mark Wade, of all people. How far will a man go to save his son? Charlie Wormwood has a pretty normal life, a house, a wife, a job, and a kid. With his son sick, he begins treading a dangerous path to make things right. Teaching in prison gives him many opportunities, but what problems will he create as he walks into the prison of darkness for his family? So yeah, um, again, I would say look up the art. It looks fantastic. And this is from Sourcepoint Press. So definitely one worth seeking out. It um, sort of combines prison drama with um, like a crime story. Must say it looks very good, and then yeah, I think that's, that's about anything it. to do with the Wormwood one you've been talking about. Is no, it? no, that was a Garth Ennis book from many years ago, the Chronicles of Wormwood. Yeah, because there was one of those recently. It was uh, Chronicles of Wormwood Goes to Washington. That was Ben Temple's. That's Mister Mister Wormwood Goes to Washington. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, different. Different again. Different again. Yeah. Uh, Wormwood is clearly popular. Yeah. <laughs> it would appear. So yeah, into Titan, Secret Life of Pets, number one of two. Kind of good movie. Enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Some DC mini mates. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's Valiant as well. Probably we'll get the Vault. Um, you guys don't follow much Valiant, do you? No, there's there's a couple of guys in the store starting to get into Valiant at the moment. There is good Valiant stuff out there. Um, it, but it seems to be one of those publishers that just <laughs> doesn't get. The love, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's a series they do called Quantum and Moody, which I'm actually quite a fan of. It just toes the line nicely between buddy cop drama and comedy. Um, so there, there's good stuff in the Valiant world. Yeah, and well, I know we were talking about Saga earlier. I just wanted to mention um, the ridiculous ripoff. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's ripoff or a tribute. It's really hard to tell because <laughs> with Vault Comics, I know they have their. The, like the Marvel style alternative mm. covers yeah. which are tributes but I don't know how um, financially aware they are that they're ripping it off um, but this one Destiny Chapter 1 um, it even looks like an image logo in the bottom left hand corner yeah it's called Vault Vintage and it basically is just it's just a Saga cover isn't it yeah it's a Saga cover isn't it I yeah. think they they're doing it because they I hope it. they have permission for that that's all we'll say <laughs> but yeah even the chapter one is like yeah. the style De destroy is like the or she said destroy should we say um yeah then there's 
I just don't really know. There's not much else there. I think there's another Vault series coming out, which is Queen of Bad Dreams, number two. Um, Wasted Space is still going. Then they've, they're re-offering Heathen, which is a really good series. Um, yeah. No love for Xenoscope, then? No. Sorry, Xenoscope. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, yeah, we're getting into manga territory now, um, which would manga be territory and merchandise. I don't know much about. So I think that will bring an end to your colossal indie section. Yeah, that'll do. That was impressive. Yeah, you <laughs> definitely need to lie down it? after that. <laughs> at least an hour and ten. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that gives well, me about, a lot of there's a lot of books. Yeah. That gives me about five minutes to get through the uh, DC stuff. at the moment a lot of series coming to an end um, no new real series announced Black Label being a bit of a disaster uh, but this month's really really you know got me excited again um, you open it up they're doing a uh, first of all they're doing a third uh, volume of Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, same creative team as before James Tinney in the fourth writing Freddie Williams who we mentioned there the second is doing the art there um, and it's interesting, it says that the 80th anniversary of Batman collides with the 35th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's going to be a six-issue series. The first two volumes are always popular in the shop. So uh, that'll and be interesting. Making okay. an animated series, aren't they? Or yeah. an animated movie? I believe so, yeah. Very uncovered by Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman again, getting back into in the comics in a big way. Uh, but then we, we turn the page and... Oh my god, it's a black label title. It exists! Whoa, Possibly the thought? last black label title we'll ever see. <laughs> the last night on earth, the last black label title on The earth. last word yeah. on the dark night. Um, the, if you recall, this was part of the initial announcement this of black was, label. So. This, was, this was something we have waited a long time for. Um, as a Batman fan, as a Snyder and Capullo fan, this is something I've been waiting on for a long time. And uh, this is Batman Last Night on Earth. The blurb for this again, it just Schneider seems able to redefine Batman anytime he writes him. And the blurb for this one kicks off with Bruce Wayne wakes up in Arkham Asylum, young, sane, and he was never Batman. So begins this sprawling tale of the Dark Knight as he embarks on a quest through a devastated DC landscape, featuring a massive cast of familiar faces from the DC universe. As he tries to piece together the mystery of his past, he must unravel the cause of this terrible future and track down the unspeakable force that destroyed the world as he knew it. So this is going to be a prestige format series. It's going to be three issues, um, 56 pages for each. My first worry when I see prestige format is, is this going to be another Batman Damned? <laughs> I love how they have specifically addressed that question. Oh, yeah. Published at DC standard comic trim size. Exactly. <laughs> so we're good. Oh, Sorry, we were I dicks with that yeah. whole Batman Damned thing. And the other thing I would say is that Capullo is a very, very reliable artist. He will turn his pages in on time. He's been teasing this on Twitter for Whoa, what seems like has six months. Romeo not handed in his pages on time? Well, I don't know if, if Capullo's planning to draw the Batawang. Yeah. So, you know, I think it. Uh, I think this will ship on time. It's actually going to be a bi-monthly series anyway. They have said it from the start. Um, Do you know what it reminded me of when I read the blurb and saw the picture? Do you know the dream sequence in... Is it Batman vs. Superman? What's that movie? I've never seen oh, that. The director's film, oh, obviously. That, uh, what did you call I don't know why. The nightmare but sequence. The nightmare sequence with uh, him 
that's that's all I can think about when I look at that cover. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's but, nice. The quality makes you think of quality. <laughs> uh, it's nice that uh, quality makes you think of that one scene and yeah. that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, beautiful colors, beautiful artwork for the the cover. It's intriguing uh, with the Joker's head. Well, it's the... interesting because the first time I looked at it, I thought Batman was carrying a green lantern, but then it obviously turns out to be the Joker's head in a. Uh... Well, that was they talked about them carrying the Joker's head around in the original. Yeah, in the original thing, pitch yeah. for it. Yeah, so this is going to launch at the end of uh, at the end of May. I mean, this creative team for me is just pure gold. I know that a couple of you have had issues with metal and so forth. But the Batman run for the new Fifty Two is just yeah, definitive. It's kind of they do something new each time because Batman like Fifty Two is the pinnacle, the serious sort of like detective run. Mm-hmm. Then Metal is this big like overblown sci-fi yeah, it's like fantasy a hair metal like yeah album, yeah yeah. You know? yeah. But this is like their pulpy. Well, like I don't, I don't know yet. But by the looks of it, it kind of looks like a pulpy. Yeah, they get dark to play, They get to do whatever they want, basically, because it looks like kind of crazy Elseworlds title. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I can't wait. Can't wait to be honest. It's probably one of the first DC titles I'm excited by. Um, yeah, I'd say the creative team alone. I mean, and they have said both Schneider and Capullo is going to be their last work on a specific Batman title. Like, obviously, Schneider's writing Justice League and Capullo's doing bits and pieces here and there, but this is the last time they said, and they've said this for a while, it's not like this is just in the blurb of, oh, this yeah, is the last yeah. story. They have said this for a while. This was the last story they had in mind. Um, turning the page then, we come to what I presume is going to be DC's big event for the summer, uh, which is called Year of the Villain. Uh, that's a pretty uh, massive writing team on it, to say the least. Bendis, Schneider, and James Tinney in the fourth. Uh, Art, Jim Chang, Alex Malev, and Francis Manipal. Uh, so what this is going to be, uh, from what I can guess, is that this is going to spin out of the pages of Justice League. In Justice League, you've had issues focusing on the Legion of Doom, focusing on the evil characters, um, focusing on what happened with the Source Wall and how Lex has actually one-upped the Justice League with the... Uh... I have a feeling it's going to spin out of everything. I think it's going to spin out of... Batman as well because his villains have got one up and I think it's going to spin out of Superman with this whole Leviathan thing yeah uh, and the Lois and uh, Jimmy sort of stuff so I think it's going to spin out all of them I think that's where they're all going yeah I mean that's I mean the blurb starts with evil is winning you know Lex Luthor and the Legion of Doom conspire with cosmic gods obviously it'll be Perpetua you know yeah, yeah. with uh, what's happening in Justice League bending mankind toward a dark destiny Elsewhere, the scourge. So there you go. Elsewhere, the scourge of uh, scourge, I should say, of Leviathan spreads unchecked, seizing power in every corner of the world. And all the while, the Batman who laughs busies himself in the shadows, aligned with no one, yet with sinister plans for all. So what this is going to be? This is going to be a little twenty-five cents one shop. Now, we're not the kind of store that is going to charge people twenty p for a comic. I would actually feel embarrassed to do it, to be honest. So we're just going to order in a truckload of these. If you've got a pull list with us, this uh, this little one shot will be in your box that week. It comes out, so um, don't be worrying about missing out on that. We'll make sure everybody gets a sweet a copy of that. Um, which leads us then on to a title that was teased and teased on social media. You could say it was deceased. Oh, jeez! <laughs> oh, the jokes. Um, yeah, this is, um, a lot of guys know about this already, it's, uh, Deceased, 
or DCEs, as Keith DCEs, is uh, yeah. taking to calling it. But again, this goes back to what we're saying about following creators. Tom Taylor doing this. Uh, you've got Capullo doing covers. You've got Trevor Harrison, Stefano Guadino, Guadiano, sorry, and James Harron. I must be honest, outside of, outside of Trevor Harrison, I'm not too familiar with the other two artists, uh, I have to say, but uh, this looks really interesting. It does, at its base level, look a little bit like DC's version of Marvel Zombies, um, but again, I go back to having faith in that creative team uh, with Tom Taylor writing. Um, the blurb goes, a mysterious technovirus has been released on Earth, infecting 600 million people and turning them instantly into violent monstrous engines of destruction. The heroes of the DCU are caught completely unprepared for a pandemic of this magnitude and struggle to save their loved ones first. But what happens to the world's greatest heroes if the world ends? Uh, so again, there's going to be a six-issue mini-series that kicks off the very first day of May. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, the last couple of DC mini-series you've had like big cosmic metal you've had uh, Doomsday Clock we're all sort of waiting to see feel, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah same with uh, with Tom King's Heroes of Crisis mm-hmm. it's a mystery whereas this looks like it's just going to be you know balls to the wall Straight fight out for fight for survival you know survival yeah yeah it also comes with a really the, as I say cover A is a Capullo one but I'm wondering if they're going to do these horror movie variants for each issue uh, you've got one here by Yasmin Putri, which is clearly the... Uh, yeah, looks really cool, doesn't it? The to, to homage to It. It. With a uh, young Robin taking a balloon off. I think that is the Batman who laughs behind that balloon. You'll die too. Yeah, so... Deceased. You'll float too. <laughs> we all float down here. <laughs> so yeah, Deceased, I think that's going to be a big one. Um, I'd really recommend jumping on that. Tom Taylor. Tom yep. Taylor all day long. Uh, Brian Hill we come back to as yeah. we were chatting about earlier Brian Hill was on he's sort of a same Dark Elf Realm yeah. yeah same sort of kind of thinking of Tom Taylor just work for both sides everything yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. Like nice to see it's, it's what it should be you know yeah. there's, there's great characters for DC and Marvel and then yeah. obviously the freedom of independent comics so I don't like exclusive contracts they kind of bug me a little bit like I saw an interview with Scott Schneider recently where he said he has a kick-ass idea for an Incredible Hulk story, but he's never going to be able to do that while DC time down, you know, so and, you know, I'm sure there's vice versa. Um, but yeah, we mentioned Bran Hill, that's because Batman and the Outsiders has been re-solicited. Uh, this one came under a little bit of controversy because it was originally solicited for February and then it abruptly got cancelled. Bran Hill came out on social media very quickly and said this title has not been cancelled. We're waiting on a certain DC miniseries to finish, which we all presumed, I think, was Doomsday Club. Uh-huh. But the same month that Batman and Outsiders is out, nah. Heroes in Crisis ends. <laughs> okay. So that's my guess So for we'll that. see if it was Doomsday Club, this would be released in 2021. Yep. Well, oh. I have a theory on Doomsday <laughs> Club, which we will come to. Uh, so yeah, Batman and the Outsiders, Batman and a team book. Um, I look, that's something I could definitely get on board that's with. Black you know. Lightning, is it? Yeah. Black Lightning. You've got Black Duke, Lightning. You've Cassandra, got, and uh, you're one there. You got Katana at the bottom there as there well. You know, that's her. So uh, yeah, that could be interesting. Um, we then have a little uh, title aimed at younger readers, maybe one to keep an eye out for, called Dear Justice League. Um, the greatest heroes in the DC universe, the Justice League of America, answer mail from their biggest fans, kids. <laughs> Courtesy of Michael Northrop, best-selling author of Tomb Quest, and artist Gustavo Duarte, 
Does Superman ever make mistakes? What was Wonder Woman's 11th birthday like? Does Aquaman <laughs> smell like fish? In this new middle grade graphic novel, iconic heroes are asked questions both big and small. Yep, I'm on board for that. I'd actually, I'd love to see some preview pages of it. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing in the book there, but the I'm, cover, the cover looks really cool. I must admit, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be a novel yeah. with maybe yeah. some illustrations. But the fact that it says art and cover does make me think um, that it's going to be a, a comic. And of course, you've got a grumpy Batman on the front, so can't go, can't go wrong with that. Uh, we've then got the Terminus Agenda tie-in issues. That's Deathstroke and Teen Titans. That's actually only kicking off this week with Deathstroke uh, came in. Uh, you've got Dog Days of Summer, which is going to be a one-shot, which is going to focus on the animals of the DC Universe, which you have Bat Cow on the cover. you got what? Crypto in there, and you got Beast Boy. Uh, Bat Cow was one that was introduced in Batman Incorporated, and... He was basically named just because the uh, the colours around his eyes were a bat symbol. All right. And Damien <laughs> suddenly became a vegan because uh, he says, and this is bat guy. I think I have a mug of it somewhere in the store. I'm nearly sure I do. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number nine. Not even going to touch the blurb of that because I don't want to know. The final one? The final one. Uh, issue nine. Still waiting for something to happen there. Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, yeah you're reading it wrong. Sam. <laughs> yeah. Still, uh, you and I in the same boat. I think definitely. Yeah. yeah. Kieran, when are you coming back to this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I keep getting ganged up on. Keith, did you um, read Mr. Miracle? Yes. Mr. Miracle, did you like it? Yeah. Uh, I have questions. Me too. I have questions. Don't ask them until <laughs> the the, the review we'll show. Get to the reviews. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I, I think we can have a good detailed discussion because I'm going to read it this week, um, start to finish. Um, yeah, so moving on to a bit of Superman stuff, you've got Superman Leviathan Rising Special, number one, which is interestingly Matt Fraction's name in there. Yes, oh, well, always nice to see. Uh, you don't see him in a lot of DC stuff. No, no, have to say. not of late. Um, uh, but this special, it seems to be a, a collaborative effort. You've Brad Michael Bendis, who of course is shepherding this storyline. Greg Rucka. Too. Matt Fraction, yeah. Greg Rucka, who for me his best work was in um, Gotham Central. I know he did a lot of Daredevil stuff as well, didn't he, Rucka? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting. I think this, I think this is going to tie into that year the villain thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think this book, Jesus, that's a, that's a big price. That's eighty pages, nine nine dollars ninety nine. That's what, same as the Man and Superman. Yeah, prestige pages. format, yeah, one shot. But it's spinning. I think the main the main uh, thrust of this is it's spinning out a Jimmy Olsen series and a Lois Lane series. Well, yeah. You know, and taking down seemingly taking down Superman, but I'm not. I'm not interested in the Jimmy Olsen or all those things series. Yeah. So it says an all-star roster of writers and artists highlight the new threat of Leviathan, uh, but also tease up an ongoing series for Jimmy Olsen by writer Matt Fraction. So he must uh, be bollocks. There you go. Just when you weren't interested. Bollocks. No, he is. <laughs> you have to remember this is the man that did an entire issue of Hawkeye from the perspective of a dog, and nailed it. So, you're in trouble there. I think you'll be reading that. Uh, <laughs> uh, tease up a new ongoing series for Jimmy Olsen by writer Matt Fraction, artist Mike Steve Lieber, and Lois Lane by Greg Rucka and artist Mark, Mike Perkins coming in June. As Leviathan enacts a plan to take down Superman, it's up to Lois, Jimmy, and the heroes of the DC Universe to rescue the Man of Steel. Uh, I mean, this this whole Leviathan Rising storyline's a couple issues in. I, I've been pretty impressed by it so far uh, through Action Comics. 
so continuing on, you've got Adventures of the Super Sons, number 10. Very charming, cool little series. American Carnage, number 7. I know that's Brian one that... Again. Yeah. I know that's one that both Rod and I are uh, reading. I'm um, surprised. Um, surprised it's going for a second arc. Yeah, well, this is it. This is issue 7, a new storyline begins. So I'm sure the trade will be solicited around this time as well. But yeah, I enjoyed the first... Well, the first four issues so yeah, far yeah i i really like it but I've, I've had some issues with the art i think we talked about but the the story's brilliant yeah what do you not know about the uh the mini versions of the villains rex luther and a variety of yeah yeah like joker. the mini joker and kid deathstroke and uh, adventures of super sons a really charming little title right that's what it is uh, they all come from an, uh, an alternative i see okay yeah. yeah right okay so they do but in this believe it or not out of all of those the one who ends up helping Damien and Jonathan Kent is uh, Joker. He has a conscience and he doesn't want to be like the rest of them. Oh, right, okay. Really fun little series. Uh, continuing on, you've got Aquaman, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, Read the first issue or two. I jumped off it after the second. Didn't really grab me personally either. Uh, you move on to Backer, number 35. Never been a series I've really read since Gail Simone's run in the New 52, to be honest, which I thought was very good. Ah, uh, Tom King's Batman. Uh, I'm just gonna yeah, flick past another, another orangey image of Batman in a desert, much yeah. like last night. But he's also being dragged along by Flashpoint, Flashpoint Batman. Batman yeah, uh-huh. And we might actually get some answers to the we end of issue fifty nine. Yeah, we might. <laughs> or issue sixty. Yeah, yeah. Issue sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Tom King's run is gonna go into a new story arc here with the Fall and the Fallen, and that is um, the first two issues there. It's gonna be Mikel Yannon on art. Uh, so very so much. That'll be the end of the, uh, the end of the nightmare story arc, I guess, and yeah, back into I'm the story. Of that. I say again, Batman Beyond by Dan Jurgens is fantastic. It's such a good book. So it's uh, up to thirty-two at this point. Yeah, really, really enjoying it. Really loving what Dan Jurgens is doing on there. I'm gonna snap those issues off here. Yeah, yeah, I would like to actually read that. I know when you were talking about the Joker being back and having. Yeah going back to find the original crowbar that uh-huh. beat Jason Todd uh-huh. to death and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah. Um, for about the fifth time in the solicitations book there's Batman Dam 3 uh, it might get released yet you just want it to be over I kind of do <laughs> it's an alright series but it's just just finish it please just anyway uh, but a Batman miniseries I have been enjoying Batman Who yes, Laughs yeah. uh, up to number 5 in May Grim Knight this week Grim Knight's yeah. due out next week little one shot in between issue 3 and 4 how Bruce Wayne became the Bat Punisher yep. exactly exactly <laughs> uh, but yeah really digging Batman Who Laughs Schneider and Jock again great combination uh, Sandman Universe stuff I'll be honest I haven't really been reading much of I was um, on the dreaming but jumped off it uh, Catwoman is actually a pretty underrated wee series I've I've been enjoying it surprisingly it's never been a series I've read before spun out of the wedding um, but what Joelle Jones has done with this the wedding have you read the latest issue of Batman <laughs> we need to talk um, but yeah no Catwoman's been very good it's been a series about you know Selena obviously leaving Bruce at the altar going away from Gotham and sort of going out on your own but it's actually been a really interesting little series so far uh, Detective Comics we're up to 1003 and 1004 I'm we're jumping on at 1000 again at, uh, I jumped off Detective Comics I was on it for a good long time yeah. after uh, <clears throat> 52 new, new 52 Rebirth yeah. Rebirth after Rebirth uh, and I think I'll jump back at this whole Arkham Knight storyline and 
And I have yeah. to say that is a gorgeous connecting variant cover. Oh, it is, yeah. By Mark Brooks, featuring pretty much every member of the Bat family, but also pretty prominently Zatanna, which may give us some sort of story indication for where Detective Comics is uh, going. Zatanna actually appeared in Detective Comics a while back with the Bat family, so that maybe could be it. Yeah, well, I look forward to Detective Comics and. There's also going to be a Detective Comics annual. Peter J. Tomasi writing. Always, Who is, yeah, the whole thing. He's writing all the Detective Comics. Always a, uh, a safe pair of hands. And this is actually going to be Batman returning to the Black Casebook. That's um, the Black Casebook. So throughout his career, Batman, he's always compiled his most disturbing cases into one volume. And he calls it the Black Casebook. Um, so every so often they throw in an annual or a one-shot story where they examine some of those sort of dark, disturbing cases. Um, so in this one it says now a case from the past has reopened itself and Batman will find himself face to face with one of the deadliest villains he fought in his early years the Reaper I believe that was in Batman year 2 um, right so I have a theory Okay. we just turned to the doomsday clock page we have now I've told anybody who'll listen to this theory Jesus. so I am what? I am prepared to have egg thrown in my face for this but I'm going to throw it out there Okay. so doomsday clock number 9 finally launched this week in March this is the previews book for May this book would have only been printed maybe two weeks ago now given all the flack DC have got over Doomsday Clock missing scheduling missing shipping would they really put issue 11 in here unless they were it's really, due really in May? sure exactly and therefore issue 10 can come out in April which we as a store have already bought and paid for all our copies yeah I'm going to sit in the fence then so. issue 12 is going to be June and then that leaves DC's summer open for their big event which is which is going to be the films so I'm I actually and again I will probably have my fingers burned on this but I, I really I like your optimism but I really hope and I love this cover here you. of where someone's clearly getting ready to launch nuclear weapons oh. and that looks like Batman's gauntlet stopping them turning the key I just I feel like I feel like we had a series here that was supposed to have massive impact. It was supposed to just you wait, theory. You just haven't I, read issue nine. I know. I, know I, I don't know. I just I feel like they've. <laughs> I made about five different people read issue nine on release date just so I could talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, what I mean though is with the with the timing screw ups. Yeah. I think it was probably supposed to have massive impact, and I think that's why we're seeing maybe so many changes is because yeah. they haven't been able to deliver it, and now folks are going off. No, I can I can agree with that, but what I will say, and again I've said it to a few guys in the store, when you read issue nine and you read those first five pages, you will understand why this issue took so long. Mm -hmm. It is possibly the most beautiful comic I've ever read, and the first five oh, pages, okay. and you'll understand why without going into detail. It would need but, to be, but it really is. <laughs> but that's my point, because we get so frustrated reading for it, and it becomes a punchline and a joke, and then it gets released, and you're. Even Stephen was like, you know, all is forgiven. We know how mopey he is, so, you know, the fact that he even said it, trust so, me. So Stephen has forgiven Jeff Jones and Gary Frank for all this. But he still will never forgive Brian Michael Bendis for Civil War 2. Apparently. <laughs> but yes, I'm sticking to my theory. Doomsday Clock to be finished by June, trade out by August. Especially like this misprint here. Doomsday Clock 11 number 10 or 12 look don't throw salt over my uh, theories <laughs> um, that'll bring us on to one that I know you had uh, highlighted Keith yeah. which is the Flash 7071 which uh, is the beginning of the Flash year one storyline which is kind of interesting so I was wondering what they were doing here and it seems what they're doing is so 
I mean, obviously, the Flash was a Silver Age character, uh, and at in the Silver Age, origin stories weren't a big thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot of characters appeared just fully formed, never explained. Yeah, you know who they were, where they came from, you know, or it was done in a couple of panels or whatever. So, I mean, we all know the story of how Barry Allen became the Flash. There was the chemicals and there was the lightning, but you know, I guess it wasn't until the eighties that. Uh, origin story started to become really a thing mm-hmm. you know what I mean but what happened to the Flash in what 1984 mm-hmm. he was dead he sacrificed yeah. himself in the crisis Christ of multiple Earths yeah. and uh, you know and he was dead for a good long time and then he came back in what Flash Rebirth Rebirth Jeff uh, Johns yeah, yeah. Uh, and he told yeah he told uh, that you know the his origin for the 52 and it was the same origin I guess as the TV show mm-hmm. Professor Zoom killing his mother and all that good yeah. stuff but I think what happened was we never saw, you know, whereas Manus, whereas John Byrne did Man of Steel and, re, you know, told Superman's definitive origin yeah. and we had Batman year that's one, Frank Miller, yeah. you know, so we've never seen that for The Flash. So I think that's what Joshua Williamson, who's the same guy who's been writing The Flash since, since, since yeah, the start Rebirth. of Rebirth, yeah. is that's what he's doing for Barry. You know, what happened? Who was The Flash? Who was Barry Allen? And after he got those powers, did he immediately become the ultimate you know, speedster, the fastest man on earth, the yeah. the greatest detective, you know, or the greatest forensic detective, whatever you want to call it, you know, today, or, you know, so this is the story of how he got here, how he discovered his powers, how he learned to use his powers, you know, so, uh, really interesting, you know, yeah. um, I love that image, you know, I love, well, they've done the same thing as they did with uh, uh, Man of Steel or whatever it was in, in New 52, you know, that whole Superman wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, with his, so they've got Barry Allen in a Flash t-shirt and a pair of jeans and he's just sitting on a pile of dumb sneakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's learning how, how how does he go, you know, he's wearing ankle pads and knee pads so he keeps falling over clearly. You know what I mean? So this I think this would be really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting between the two covers as well because the first one is I'm sort of sitting, putting the shoes on. The second one is him running, and obviously based on his speed, his clothes are coming up. Yeah. But the knee pads and the elbow pads are stable, so is he maybe testing materials for? Yeah, you know, could be that. You know how outfit, it, Yeah, you know, that uh-huh. kind of thing. So, but yeah, I don't think enough love goes Josh Williamson's way uh-huh. because obviously everybody looks at Tom Kane and Batman and same writer the whole way through. But this is the other one, Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Seventy odd issues strong and still. It's just, just a workhorse, like still doing that. Yeah. Uh, Female Furies is one I haven't nipped into I'm waiting to uh, read Mr. Miracle uh, and then I'll jump on to that Freedom Fighters interesting cover with the Nazi symbol Superman uh, Freedom Fighters was all about I think if the Nazis won the war yeah, something like that, that kind of it, thing yeah. uh, we do then come on to one of the most beautiful looking covers of the month by Liam Sharp uh, Green Lantern number 7 whimsical, mystical just beautiful cover of uh, Green Lantern looking to get across to what looks like a floating planet. Um, just beautiful imagery that. And Green Lantern something I'm really, really enjoying so yeah. far. Uh, Harley Quinn, don't read, don't care. Hawkman. It's one I think I'm going to read in trades. There's a couple of regulars read Hawkman and they think it, they keep telling me it's utterly brilliant. The gist of it is it's uh, Carter Hall exploring his res- previous resurrections and some of those resurrections from the future somewhere in the past mm-hmm. isn't that the, the gist yeah. of it it's you know it's, I think so yeah he's building a definitive history of Hawkman because that history has kind of been all over the place he's been various characters and various you know when he was Egyptian and he was yeah. you know, all of that he, somewhere in Thangar as well so 
Yeah, I've, again, the guys who read it, um, they've told me nothing but good things. Brian Hitchin Hart, like. I think I'll definitely, yeah. definitely trade that. High Level's one that might have slipped through the cracks a little bit. Uh, I read the first issue of that last week. Uh, pretty high concept, sort of steampunk sci-fi. Uh, really, really good first issue. Second one's due in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that I think that's one to keep an eye on. I have a feeling that might become a big title. Um, move along, we'll move on to Justice League. So this is the continuation of the Sixth Dimension uh, storyline. Uh, that has kicked off in the most recent issue, started this week. Um, which is... A really, really funny issue, which is not always something we associate with Justice League, but the humor levels in this latest one is really good as they go up against Mr. I can't pronounce your name, and that's a direct quote from it, you know, Mystipic. Pitlick. Yeah, they just keep referring to him as Mr. I can't pronounce your name. Yeah. Um, he comes into the uh, the DC universe. They keep kicking. Um, <laughs> continue on with okay. the, the customary th- shout out for Justice League Dark. Continuing to be very, very strong. Good to see that James Tinney in the fourth is sticking with that. Uh, Justice League Odyssey has been good fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Not a lot of people seem to be reading it, which is a bit of a shame. Um, continuing through. Martian Manhunter. Have you both read the latest issue of it? No. Number no. three? No. Keith and I are very behind. By the looks of it, yeah. Notice it's, it's all it's the, on DC. the pile. Notice yeah. it's all the DC. Oh, it's, it's, Tell it's, us you're behind. The pile. <laughs> it's not just yeah I only read that the other night uh, Marshman Hunter 3 was, was brilliant so it was just continues to be a really interesting look at an alternative sort of background for John then there's Keith's favourite title uh, Nightwing uh, oh dear god he's still Rick Grayson he's still running around with other Nightwings yep I'm ready for I'm ready for the story to be over now can we can we move along let's move along can we move along I mean can they move along and just get him back to being Dick Grayson again please um, Shazam number 6 I've been really enjoying Shazam movies out soon as well um, Silencer Silencer's a great book Silencer's great very underrated and it seems to be the one new age of heroes book that has survived all yeah, the rest and of them have finished. It's interesting because Leviathan, yeah. the group, it's all the whole background of it has been explained in, in Silencer, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yet there doesn't seem to be any indication that Silencer's anything to do with this yeah, Leviathan with rising, rising, rising yeah. so forth. Um, Superman 11, Ben is continuing good stuff on that. I personally am more of an action comics guy, but I've been told that Superman 11's good. I uh, see this is Mr. Uh, we call him again Rogan Zor is it Rogor and he was one of the ones who was responsible for the destruction is, of Krypton he was dis- responsible for destruction of Krypton and they're bringing that together with the story of the the older returned Jonathan Kent yeah uh, which is really awesome so yeah and we have the Wildstorm almost at its end uh, another issue on that number, that's 23 this is 24 I think one more to go on that. Well, I beg your pardon. Terrifics is still going. Oh, so it is. Um, Imagine I, my surprise. <laughs> now that Fantastic Four are back. <laughs> As I say, uh, Wonder Woman, G. Will Wilson writing that. A few issues that have been good I've read, actually, so far. Uh, Wonder Twins haven't, haven't jumped on. Wonder Comic stuff. Yeah. Young Justice is good so far. Enjoying Young Justice, I have to say. Um, that brings the end of the single issues. There's some good trades coming out. Uh, you've got a really class, uh, there's a really good range of uh, graphics at the moment called the DC Essential Editions, so if you wanted to just jump into certain characters or certain storylines, uh, there's a great one, Batman the Black Glove Saga, which is all to do with Grant Morrison's run on the character when he introduced Damian Wayne, 
Uh, really, really excellent run that. Roddy just pointed out as well, the Court of Isles saga. Again, they've completed um, compiled that into an essential edition. Uh, you've got, <laughs> in the same issue that we have Batman Damned number three, we have Batman Damned hardcover, which uh, it might make a bit more sense when you read it one go. I wonder if it's going to be edited. I'm sure it is. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious. Um, it does say this new collection includes a sketch gallery and other bonus features, right, right. including blurred out battlements. Right. Um, they're continuing to uh, throw whatever titles they can in the black label by putting year one in there, which they really don't need to be doing. Um, just as I'm saying there, Hawkman Volume 1 due for uh, June. So I, th I definitely think I'll jump into that. I've heard some good stuff about that. Um, uh, but yeah, he's in broad and a long-standing mission to discover the true purpose of his many reincarnations. There we are, okay, so. yeah. Um, just as I'm talking about those essential editions, you got the JLA Tower of Babel, great story by Mark Wade. Uh, this was all about Batman having contingency plans to take down each member of the Justice League. Uh, really, really great. I've heard a couple of podcasts Kevin Smith's done. He refers to that as his favorite. That echoes um, echoes forward to the present day. Flash and some of the folks were chatting about and and the uh, what did you call that? The gift. The what did you call that? Uh, the price. The price. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, Flash was talking about. Uh, Batman's plans to take down the Justice League and all yeah. that good stuff. Um, you've got a couple of other good, decent trades there as well. You've got the Oz Effect. Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. That's $99 of the best money you'll ever spend. Hardcore? That's an absolute. So that's that's big bad boy. That's the... Uh, that's so everything? That well, is... No, it's 450 one. pages. No, no, just volume one for that, but that run is Some just... Cover it's the Green Man. Uh, the uh, is absolutely wonderful that um and yeah then we get into actually I'm not nice. usually a I'm not usually a merchandise <laughs> guy but this month I actually really like the stuff they've done so they've created these uh lucha um wrestling sort of uh, figures for DC characters and it's just a little details on it I like I like the Batman has a tattoo of a bat on his chest. I like that the mm. Superman is wearing a mask that clearly has glasses on it that conceal his identity. <laughs> they um, have to write a comic on this. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely. You've got Metallo on there. You've got Deathstroke. Uh, you've also got Wonder Woman oh, and Cheetah. Uh, nice. But those are, they're just, they're just quite fun, I have to say. But the ones I do prefer are these ones. So there's this range called DC Artisali and they're, they're uh, figures designed by a guy called James Groman. And they just seem to be these really monstrous versions of these characters that we know. Like, I love the Batman when he has Bane's mask on his belt, wearing it like some sort of, oh, you know, badge of honour that he's killed him. That looks like the Riddler's mask, on, or sorry, the Riddler's hat that. on the side there. You've got the Joker who's on roller skates, but a he's Joker also in a jack-in-the-box. Nightmares. And he's got four arms. Four and arms. he's got Robin on, like a Robin puppet. Uh, there's Killer Croc one, there's Two-Face. Again, they're just, they're quite fun. Um, I do like I probably will pick up the Batman and the Joker ones there I have to have to say um, and yeah I think that's going to bring it to an end for DC brought in in half the time of the indie stuff <laughs> smaller book smaller book uh, I think I'll agree with that yeah as I hold up the like 82 page yeah. previews book <laughs> you get a fairly you get a fairly hard rock 600 page or there um, well, I need need Vicky with me next time. Mm -hmm. Support the Indies. Yeah, yeah, well, you know she did pick quite oh, a few some, of the ones herself. Some good stuff in the Indies, definitely. 
But uh, yeah, I have yeah. to say, I thought the previews this month was really, really strong. Um, as some a stuff DC, I'm looking forward to. As a DC fan, it was good to see them getting their shit together, for lack of a better term. Must remember to put some stuff on the pull list instead of just put it on the board for previews. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, how do people go about if well, they that's want to the, the whole one of the reasons we do this podcast is just to keep people informed and let you know what's coming out um, if there ever is anything that interests you either pop into the store uh, obviously we're based in Smithfield Market in Belfast or you can just message us through Facebook Messenger I always um, answer all the questions and requests on there um, if you don't have a pull list it's easy to set up again just pop in or send us a list through the uh, through Facebook as well so um, yeah it's, it's just all about making it as easy as possible to, to keep up to date with all this cool stuff uh, and again the board's always uh, there and these previews books are always in store if you want to have a flick through them yourself while grabbing a cup of coffee you're always more than welcome so yeah nice bringing it in at two and a half hours we've, we're slipping this time oh yeah all right. I'll take I'll take the hit <laughs> <laughs> we're approaching the two and a half hour time but uh, I think we can call it there um, I'm sure it won't be too long before we're recording again for a reviews podcast and hopefully by then these two will have read Doomsday Clock number nine even if it's just to talk to them about big it talking air. points or Doomsday Clock and Captain Marvel for next time yep yeah. and that's it yeah I mean anybody who's going to see Captain Marvel hope you guys dig it I know there's been a little bit of controversy around it, but you know, just it's a movie. Just go and enjoy it. It's set up for Endgame. What more do you want? If you ask me. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So yeah, okay. hopefully we'll catch that this weekend, and we'll we'll maybe chat about that in the reviews podcast. So uh, unless you guys have anything you want to add, nope. I don't think so. Me. No. You, you do we pl- need any cheap plugs? I don't know. Or... Have you have you plugged the book enough? Or I think you could do it again. I could. Yeah. Well. Um... <laughs> Yeah, on the 25th of March, we're launching a Kickstarter for a book called The Soul of the Sea, which is written by me and illustrated by Donna A. Black, who, um, yeah, an absolutely fantastic artist, and we're sort of trying a few different things. It's an it's a old-school ghost story, um, sort of in the tradition of The Woman in Black and a lot of BBC Christmas horror stories. Um so yeah, if you like that sort of thing, uh, Donna like uses mixed media, so she'd use photography, digital inking, traditional inking, and painting as well to create everything. So I'm very excited by it. It's going to be first issue coming out on the 25th of March. So can't wait, can't wait. Um, Kickstarter is a, a strangely I, addictive I'm, platform. I was going to say, I'm surprised <laughs> you're putting yourself through it again. Kind of have to because. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend about it and we were just saying, because I have a lot of stuff coming up, but it's not for like a year or two. She was, yeah. so she was just kind of like, you know, like, what are you going to do in the meantime? It's always, you know, there's like, I was like, kind of need to get the name back out there, build up a bit of a fan base and just kind of keep creating stuff because mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's what I want to do, right? Um. So yeah, we were just like, Donna and I were kind of working on it for a while and then we just decided, do you know what, what? Do you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna do it, yeah. And um, it all sort of came together over two days. Mm -hmm. um, I've pretty much finished the entire Kickstarter page now. Just need to do some lettering, and then we've got pretty much the entire thing good to go. Sweet, yeah. yeah, Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, um, fracture press release. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Anyone that supports it, thank you very much. Um, That's that's about it. Yeah, we'll share a few more details for that through the Facebook page for ourselves as well. 
um, always like to do our best to support all the local guys so yeah we'll look forward to that as well never know we might be able to organize a wee launch in store of some kind Ooh. in the future <laughs> see how we get on you know have to stock up always on coffee though because launch, yeah. have to stock up on coffee though for those those launches jeez those, those you, artists oh you guys can <laughs> pile away the dry. coffee I can tell you I think that's the hardest you know, <laughs> worked that day <laughs> I think you might be right uh, but anyway yeah we'll, we'll leave it there so that's all from us and uh, look forward yeah. to the reviews podcast then. yeah see yep. you soon see you next Indeed. time cheers guys bye bye